What's up, movie lovers? Welcome to episode number four of Ready Play Movies, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of entertainment. Every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific or 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we discuss the top news of the week, notable releases, uh, what we're watching, big topics of, in, of the industry, and the movies we love. If you want to write anything to be read on the show, send us an email to readyplaymovies at gmail.com or hit us up at readyplaymovies on Twitter. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. This is February 2nd, 2021. I am your host, Louis Menchaca, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Troy Bracey. Yo, yo, what's everybody, how's everybody doing today? Troy, man, I missed you, man. How you been? How you been? Hey, man, everything's been good, man. Uh, getting over some stuff, but everything's all right. I'm ready to talk movies today. Yeah, man. So you had a you had a birthday this uh, very recently. And I'm not gonna dox you. Don't want to say the date unless you want that public <laughs> knowledge or nothing. But you know, yeah. just saying. How how was your birthday? Uh, it was good, man. It was good. Uh, it was this weekend. Uh, I had a fun time. I didn't do nothing too crazy, you know, with uh, COVID going on and stuff, but. You know, like these days, you just got to find a way to have a good time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. So uh, let's just go ahead and get into some quick housekeeping here. So, yay, we got some uh, sound effects done. Uh, I pretty much have all the sound effects for the entire for every segment. Uh, there's like one or two extra sound effects that I want to come up with, but uh, that's not really going to impact the show. But now the uh, the show will feel more segmented with uh, with each segment having its own special like introductory uh, sound effect. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, and kick the show off here with our first segment. Troy, it is uh, the beginning of the month, so you know what that means. Yes, sir. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Yeah, it's Back to the Future. This is the segment where we uh, feel old and talk about all the anniversaries <laughs> that are happening here. So, dude, we got something really big here on this one. Five years ago, we had Deadpool come out. That's Five bigger. years ago? Yeah, the first Deadpool movie came out February 2016. It was uh, Valentine's Day weekend. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. So Five other- years ago. What Other releases mean? in uh, February 2016 was um, a very good favorite. It's not, a, I say, a favorite movie of mine, but it definitely was a very good movie. It definitely has my seal of approval. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. That was a good yeah. one. Uh, the yeah. Choice. Uh, Hail Caesar. Uh, Zoolander 2, which also came out the same weekend as Deadpool. So that movie flopped. Uh, How to Be Single. <laughs> yeah. How to Be Single, Risen, Race, The Witch, Gods of Egypt and Triple Nine all round out the the releases that that month. Uh, anything that you want to talk about for the uh, for the five years ago, Mark? Man, uh, just other than Deadpool, like here's the thing with Deadpool. I remember waiting for Deadpool, so to think five years have passed since the movie actually came out, it just blows my mind. You know what I mean? Like, dang, time goes by so fast. Deadpool still seems like a new movie to me. Like, it don't seem like a brand new movie, of course, but it seems like something fairly new. But it's half a decade old. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, the movie broke all kinds of records. It, it allowed for more rated R uh, comic book movies to happen, uh, things like Logan. And uh, now with Disney uh, buying out uh, Fox, they're going to allow Deadpool 3 to be rated R. And hopefully, you know, Disney Plus will have a rated R section as well. So things are looking good for that. Uh, but also, I just want to say, as far as Pride and Prejudice, Prejudice and Zombies goes, there's a really cool scene that happened in the movie where these characters were talking about a character. And there was a cutaway, like a, like a Family Guy-style cutaway gag. 
bag. And it was so epic and so awesome that I just needed to get shout out that one scene. And I was uh, thinking yeah. to myself, I was thinking to myself that I need a anytime there's a anytime there's a, a, a like if I ever had a cutaway gag that I want yeah. to be introduced that way in such a way. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. All right. Uh, ten years ago, and this again, we're we're in that that February 2011 mark, and this is again these movies. All of these movies bring back crazy memories because this was around the time when I stopped working for the movie theater. Uh, yeah. Sanctum came out. The Roommate. Just go with it. Justin Bieber's Never Say Never. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> oh snaps. Uh, Nomeo and Juliet. The Eagle. I am number four unknown big mama's house like father like son which last month in january we talked about big mama's house 2 this is the third movie in the big mama's house uh movies by the way Man, that's uh, crazy. Hall, <laughs> hall pass and drive angry so um i just gotta say that i remember like giving uh my nieces like a little poster like a little miniature size poster of the justin bieber movie to hang up on their wall when they were big on uh, oh, justin yeah. bieber with the bowl cut and everything and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I just want to also give a shout out to Just Go With It. That's a really good Adam Sandler movie, and Jennifer Aniston was was hella funny in that movie. The little kids in that movie were really funny, especially the daughter. Uh, she had a uh, uh, she had like a fake British British accent in in the movie, and I there are, there's a there's a line in that movie that I like to just quote every so often. I'm not going to quote it now because I'll, I'll I'll butcher it, and also I don't want to like kind of want to keep things a little bit uh, more safer on brand but it's really it's a really good line and uh anyone who knows me know in in real life they know what i'm talking about but um but yeah anything anything you wanted to mention on any of these movies oh yeah of course it'll be big mama's house three now here's oh, the thing wow. here's oh the God. thing about big mama house three like weirdly enough i was somewhat excited for that movie like i don't know why really? like i didn't like big mama's house two at all I remember, like I somewhat like Big Mama's house, but I don't know why. I think I'm just a fan of Martin Lawrence, so I was just happy that he had something in in theaters. And it, and I'm still blown away that that was ten years ago. Like I'm still blown away. Like I remember that so vividly. I remember but, the poster, by the way. Yeah, oh um, yeah, the poster. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but yeah, man, like the movie was so bad that like I was like, this is gonna end Martin Lawrence's career. <laughs> and sure enough, I don't think I've seen him in anything since Until just bad, recent uh, Bad, bad Boys. Boys 3. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, I think he was like in soft retirement. And then in Bad Boys 3, you know, he was a little fatter and everything. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He got like fat. He didn't even lose weight for the role in Bad Boys 3. He was still fat. Like, he didn't care. But uh, yeah. So, you know, Big Mama House 3 stands out for just being atrocious. And, uh, and it stands out for being a terrible movie. And it stands out. For me, you know, it also stands out because I was excited about that, which is ridiculous. And uh, last, uh, but I also want to talk about that Justin Bieber. Here's the thing: <laughs> that Justin Bieber movie, it was pretty. It was all right. Like it wasn't bad, you know. Uh, from what from what I remember, I don't remember that being like something that was that that I would make fun of or something like that. I remember watching that and saying, "Oh, this is kind of cute." But yeah, but I. I saw a couple of scenes while I was working at the movie theater. I might have, because I was, actually, no, I wasn't working at the movie theater at the time. I was already quit. But, like, for some reason, like, I saw, like, bits and pieces of the scenes and stuff for some for some circumstances. I don't know what, but the bits and pieces that I did see made Justin Bieber look like a normal kid and stuff like that. But then you talk yeah. about a, a recent song of his that came out when he was uh, he was uh, dissing his, his time at that time where he was saying, like, he was lonely or whatever and, like, miserable. But 
that oh documentary made him look like, oh yeah, he's everything's happy, everything's good, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know how singers are; they're always over dramatic about stuff. But <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that was stood out for me on that. Yeah. Also, just shout out to I Am Number Four. Um, I don't remember anything about the movie, but I know I watched it in theaters. Um, I wanted, uh, I was really big on young young adult movies that you know, like you know, the Hunger Games and shit like that. Right. And I wanted right. Uh, that to be like a, the the next big thing, but it didn't. It flopped. So. So let's go ahead and move on to 15 years ago. Uh, Kicking off, kicking things off in February 2006, we have "When a Stranger Calls," something, something new, which is a rom-com. The Pink Panther, starring Steve Martin uh, and Beyonce. Final Destination Three, Firewall, Curious George. I actually forgot that movie even happened. Uh, that was starring Will Ferrell. Yeah, I forgot about all. I forgot all about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's starring Will Ferrell of all things. Uh, uh, Eight Below, which is a Paul Walker joint date movie, which is kind of like you know scary movie and all that stuff, an epic movie. Uh, Freedom Land, uh, some animated movie called Dougal. Never heard of it. I still I didn't even know that was a thing. And then another Paul Walker joint, Running Scared. Um, now, in February 2006, I was like in my uh, the second half of my junior year in high school, and uh, I remember these all. Um, I, remember, I remember most of these movies pretty well. I watched a bunch of these movies in theaters. Uh, my favorite movie of the bunch was definitely Running Scared because it was like uh, it was starring uh, Paul Walker and then a, a famous child actor at the time. His name was Cameron Bright, and it was like this crazy, like oh my god, this this crazy ass movie where like yeah. shit went down. Uh, they almost uh, like there, there was these serial killers. They almost killed Cameron Bright's character and. He was all like in like a freaking plastic garbage bag and just kind of thrown in the closet. And I'm like, holy mm-hmm. shit, that movie is crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also I just want to give a shout out to When a Stranger Calls because there was a there was a little YouTube parody where they were like, this is what happens when a stranger calls, and then the guy ignores the call. <laughs> uh, so yeah, anything you wanted to say about these 15 uh, year old movies? Well, I mean, I think When a Stranger Calls is probably the biggest movie that came out out of all of these and. Like that movie is is weird because that movie I thought was older than the you know a lot of these movies I'd be like man I can't believe you know this came out five years ago or ten years this movie I thought came out like twenty years ago I don't know why <laughs> but you know I, I I don't like that movie I used to, I liked it when it came out but you know we rewatch stuff and you see the how cheesy things are and stuff like that but that movie I think stands out to me the most. Yeah. Also, I just wanted to give another shout out to Firewall. Uh, I think oh, Firewall. Was, yeah. Shout out to Firewall. Was, that was starring Harrison Ford, and I watched that movie. Uh, that's this was around the time where I started watching movies in the Dollar Theater, when I discovered that there was a Dollar Theater somewhat near me. Uh, oh, and yeah. so, <laughs> and so uh, I actually watched it like. You know, when it comes to like the dollar movie, you're watching these movies just before they're about to hit DVD and like home video and stuff. Uh, so it's still in theaters, but not on not in home video yet. So it was in that in between. So I watched Firewall at that uh, dollar theater, and it was like uh, I think I was like Fifty Cent Tuesdays or something like that or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Uh, next up, the 20-year mark. This was February 2001, and this is where we get to some real big deep cuts here. Um, never heard of Head Over Heels or Valentine for that matter, but I remember Left Behind the movie, uh, which is a big uh, Bible, like not a Bible movie, but it's definitely had that religious uh, fervor thing where the rapture happens and stuff. And there's a whole book series about it. Um, then there was Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, which is starring George Clooney. The big banger here, Hannibal, starring Anthony Hopkins. Mm. S- Saving Silverman, 
which was uh, a Jason Biggs and uh, a Steve Zahn movie. Recess, School's Out, Down to Earth, which is a Chris Rock uh, comedy movie where he dies. Uh, 3,000 Miles to Graceland and Monkey Bone starring Brendan Fraser. Um, so, dude, I just got to say real quick, Saving Silverman, that movie wouldn't fly today like oh that, no those, those like mo- those jokes and stuff are like you'll very... get canceled yeah <laughs> yeah exactly oh yeah you, you you read my mind yes you would totally get canceled you can't make those kinds of jokes uh, in today's by today's standards and stuff no like way that. yeah so, no way yeah anything you want to say on these well the the chris rock movie i remember watching that movie and it that's one of those strange movies where it's so funny but it's so bad, like it's like it, it's almost like you just have to make it a guilty movie pleasure, you know. You just have to because it's so funny, but it's just a terrible movie. But I, I remember that one vividly, and of course, you know the Hannibal. You know it's Hannibal. Come on now. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. Yeah, so uh, and th- those two are the ones that stand out. Surprisingly, I haven't seen a lot of those movies that you named. You know, I haven't seen a lot of those movies. I I did have no clue any of those movies were. Yeah, like for me, I think I would ever I watched Saving Silverman when it was on HBO or something. So I remember watching like uh, this was around the time where I would watch a lot of movies that way. Uh, Down to Earth, I know I watched it in theaters, and uh, I still haven't yet to see Hannibal or uh, or the other movie we're about to get into here in a second. Uh, you, but wait, hold watch, on, you've never seen Hannibal? Nor Silence of the Lambs. Oh man, you're doing <laughs> yourself a disservice. Come on now, Louie. we can't yeah. do a movie show and you haven't seen Hannibal. <laughs> we'll be getting into that in here in a second here but um the next thing i just wanted to say is that uh i remember left behind was like one of those uh like it was starring cameron kirk and he was that was like really big on like religious movies and stuff so i think that might have been like the first popular religious movie like before passion of the christ so um there's some uh, there's some history for you right there um i also saw oh brother where art thou like just randomly like when i was in high school on like vhs and stuff so it was like a uh, Oh Brother Where Art That was a Shakespeare play. They they just adapted, I believe, for this movie. But yeah, speaking of uh, Silence of the Lambs, though, 25 years ago in February 1996, uh, the Silence of the Lambs was one of the movies that came out. Man, damn, that's yeah. crazy. That that's crazy. What a classic. I'm not gonna act like I remember that because I'm young. You know what I mean? But. <laughs> It, it's a it's an all time great type of movie. I love that movie. And Jesus man, Christ, it, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. I'm writing my notes wrong. It's actually 30 years ago in February 1991. So it's oh too, man, yeah. But, oh, I can't believe those movies came out 10 years apart. Exactly a decade yeah. apart. Yeah, exactly a decade apart. You know, and right. it's crazy because they're both classics in my eyes. So let's actually get into the actual 25 years ago here. This is like I, I guess I was giving for some fake news here, but uh, 25 years ago, February 1996, we got The Juror, Black Sheep, White Squall, Dead Man Walking. Broken Arrow, Beautiful Girls, Leaving Las Vegas, Muppet Treasure Island, Happy Gilmore, City Hall, Mr. Wrong, Rumble in the Bronx, Unforgettable, Mary Riley, and uh, Before and After. So half of these movies I never heard of, but I just wanted to give a shout out to Broken Arrow. Uh, That was a big action movie starring John Travolta and Christian Slater. Uh, Shout out to Happy Gilmore, one of the best Adam Sandler movies to ever Adam Sandler. Um... (laughs) <laughs> and I think that's about it. I think those are my two. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, Jackie Chan, Rumble in the Bronx. That was a good one. I saw that one in theaters as well. Yeah, only one I seen out of all those was Happy Gilmore with Adam Sandler. You know, I really like that movie. That's one of them. One of, like Adam Sandler has a a bunch of movies that can go down as good movies, and he has a bunch that go down as bad. It's like fifty fifty down the line. 
and that's one of those good ones that I that I always liked. So that that's the only one that I knew of all the uh, movies that you named. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just yeah, Happy Gilmore. That's like half of his production company. Like Adam Sandler created a production studio or production company. It's called Happy Madison. So it's like Billy Madison and Happy yeah. Gilmore. Yeah. Uh, so he had like the scene where he was just taking like some baseballs to the chest and he's like, you know, trying to like be all like, I got to take this pain. And I was like, <laughs> he, had, he had a fight with uh, Bob Barker and he punched him in the face. And I'm like, oh, he's like, the damn. price is wrong, asshole. And then like, boom. Ah, damn. <laughs> he, he lost the fight to Bob Barker. That was the most hilarious thing ever. Oh my god! Um, but yeah. Oh, and then the impossible shot at the end of the movie. Man, that movie is so good. I think I think it holds up. Um, but also, just shout out to Black Sheep. Um, I don't remember much of that movie. I honestly, in my head, when I was a child, I thought it was a sequel. I thought it was a sequel to Tommy Boy because it starred uh, both Chris Farley and David Spade. <laughs> yeah, sometimes like a lot of these movies be seeming the same, and then if they had the same actors, it's automatically you could compare it to another movie. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, and move on to the 30 years ago. And now this is the part where Silence of the Lamb is in play is here. But uh, February 1991 was a huge monumental year for for movie history because Run, Popcorn, Once Around, and Green Card led the charge. I never heard of any of these movies, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dang. I'm like, oh man, this is a monumental year, and I haven't heard about none of these nah, yet. Nah, dang, I'm, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was just, I was just, you know, being sarcastic. Uh, but yeah, no. But actual real, real talk. Sleeping with the Enemy is a good Julia Roberts movie. Um, I never seen any of the Never Ending Story sequels. I've only saw the first one, but the Never Ending Story two, the next chapter came out. Um, L.A. Story, and a Hamlet movie. I think that Hamlet movie might have been starring Mel Gibson, if I'm not mistaken. But yes, The Silence of the Lambs did come out in, in 1991. Uh, Nothing but Trouble, King Ralph, Scenes from All, He Said, She Said. I have not heard of any of these movies, but yeah, you know, shout either. out, shout out to The Silence of the Lambs. I, I've I've actually seen the beginning of the movie with Jodie Foster and like everyone does that parody uh thing where like uh you know (laughs) yeah that there's that one there's also the part where he's like he meets jodie foster for the first time and he's like hello doctor or whatever the hell you know like south park has done it all these other like in the pop culture lexicon everyone's done a parody of that scene so uh, i know that i know about it and uh, i actually did see uh, sleeping with the enemy when i was in high school and i rented it from blockbuster on dvd for just some odd reason so yeah, those are the only two movies I actually seen from this uh, actual bunch. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, and move on to uh, you know what we're watching here. Hmm. Apparently, I don't have a sound effect. I thought I did. All right, screw it. Let's just go ahead and, and get on to what we're watching here. Screw uh, it. <laughs> I honestly thought I thought of a sound effect, but apparently I need to think of one for this segment. But, you know, there's it only two things. It was in your head. It was in your head, Lou. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I was like, hmm. I was like, I, thought, I, I ran through the show, and I'm like, I have sound effects for every segment. I thought the sound effect was just silence, like, you know, <laughs> we and we just imagine what we hear for the. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. But yeah, there's only two things that we both watched uh, this week here. And uh, we've been talking about WandaVision week to week here on the podcast. So this week has got to be the biggest week thus far because episode four dropped. And uh, holy shit, we finally have like a lot of like internet theories were confirmed true and more answers were, were given. And and this was definitely something uh, that I got to say, man, this was this felt like a Marvel movie, especially how the show, the episode began with the uh, with the dusting or the the blip happening and stuff. Well, the and, blip like returning. 
Yeah, the blip returning and stuff. With uh, that's how they call it in Spider-Man: Homecoming or or Far From Home, excuse me. Um, so yeah, that when when the way it was shot and the way it looked, just visually, the the aspect ratio, it just it just feel it just felt like a Marvel movie. Um, especially with some of the CGI and with like the way it looked like it looked like the the sword when they had that sword agency like building uh, shot. It kind of reminded me of like Captain America, uh, the Winter Soldier with the Triskelion. So oh yeah this, yeah yeah that did I I noticed that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this uh, this is definitely good. I I um, I'm glad that uh, they brought back um, uh, what's our actress name the the one that played Darcy. Damn oh. Uh... Kat Dennings. That's Kat yeah. Dennings. Yeah, yeah. she yeah. was so good. She was so good in this episode. And then there was so much like play uh, payback to uh, the FBI agent Wu. Uh, he yeah, he did he was the card trick, wasn't he? Yeah, he yeah yeah because you know how Ant Man was showing him how to do the card tricks, the sleight of hand. Yeah, he and did it. He, I think he, he did finally card yeah trick. he did it. He did it when he pulled out his business card from the FBI to give yeah. to. Uh, and then he was like basically like evolving his character from there. Like he was practicing it at the end of Ant Man uh, and the Wasp as a joke, but now he's mastered it by now. That was really good. Nice touch. Uh, nice touch. Good attention to detail. Um, anything that you wanted to add to this? Yeah, I mean, I personally, I just love this show. It's, it's, this is a fantastic show. I, it's going to be hard for them, in my opinion, in terms of story, for them to top this show. Because it's, it's it, for, for me, it's Marvel taking a different approach to storytelling. They're not, they're, what they're doing is they're just, they're telling a story. They're not really worried about the fun and the action. It's like, you know, you know, you're going to get that with multiple movies coming in, in the future. You're going to get that with other shows like the, um, winter soldier show or the Bucky show. Um, and, and Falcon, like, and the Loki and all that. Like with this is just pure storytelling. Like the first three episodes, they're just, it's just storytelling. It's subtle, but you see once it's nonlinear, you'll see how, you know, things connect and things, the whole time it was telling a story, you know, and I just love the way they're doing this. I love how uh, original the show feels. I love how ambitious the show is and how different and daring. And it's just such a good show. The acting is on another level. And yet they still found a way to give you that Marvel, you know, uh, love that everyone wants. You know, that Marvel itch. They kind of scratched it in terms of because, I mean, I think that's the biggest complaint, you know, with the first three episodes. It's kind of like, well, what's go like how was this like it didn't feel quite like marvel because they was doing like the whole sitcom thing and n now you see how with this final episode you see how things tie together and, and it starts to feel like marvel but at the same time just something different at the like it it's just genius it's pure genius and i'm excited for the next episode and i'm excited for the rest of the season and uh I, i'm just i can't wait yeah, the table is definitely set after this last episode. Like now, and now the the show can go in any number of different directions now because now you have, um, like basically, yeah, like the table is set. So you, you, we've got to the part where we confirmed like all the fan theories for the most part. There's still some outstanding questions, but now it's like you you start to wonder like where what's what are they going to do with this information? What are they going to do next? You know, there's a lot of speculation. You know, who's like the real villain? And I've seen so many uh, fan theories about Agnes and stuff, and like we're looking at her actions and you know d carefully dissecting some motivations. I, I mean, that's uh, really, it's really like good. yeah. Um... You know, I think it's obvious that Agnes is going to end up being a villain. But one of the things that I think is so interesting about this show is really, if you really think about it, you know, Wanda herself is the villain. 
Like she's the villain of her own story, you know, and it really wouldn't surprise me if, you know, this is Marvel, you know, everything connects some kind of way. This wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if Wanda ends up being some type of villain in Doctor Strange or something like that. You know what I mean? And like this is like the kind of the origin story if they kind of make her the bad guy, because like it's scenes throughout the whole show, all four episodes where it's some horror elements to her. Like you could be a bit scared of her, you know, and uh and uh yeah so this show is like that's what's so interesting about the you you usually don't see this and it's almost like they setting up vision almost to be the good guy and wanda to be the bad guy or something like that or uh, i don't quite i wouldn't necessarily say it like that but it's just it's setting up for something and that's just so original and different so i think that's what got me glued my eyes glued to this show even more Shout out to the shot, the the vision shot towards the, uh, oh, the end of the show. Oh man, what a what just, a shot! What a that shot! Was a weekend of Bernies of uh, vision. They're they're doing a weekend of Bernies. Oh, everyone's, <laughs> everyone's talking about that as like the joke or whatever. It's, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next thing here. Um, the little things, uh, starring Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, and Jared Leto. Uh, this movie came out in theaters, and if you uh, don't have a theater open near you or if you don't feel safe, you can watch it at home. It's also streaming on HBO Max for 30 days. Um, so I ended up watching it on HBO Max. Uh, I, we had a discussion last week when you were gone uh, with, with Dan uh, last episode, and I said I would basically like venture out to watch a movie in theaters if it was like this big uh, spectacle action blockbuster like on the vein of Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, and the little things isn't exactly that big blockbuster fair, so um, no, it's not that at all. <laughs> so I, I, so I just you know didn't feel guilty when I when I was streaming it. So I watched the movie. I did the whole movie night. I had it. I watched it at nighttime. I had my sound system going. I had watched it in the li- the living room, the big screen TV. I was you know we had some like some snacks and stuff like that. We were doing the whole movie theater experience at home, and uh, it was a. Uh, I've got to say, like, I am uh, uh, I am both impressed by the movie and also uh, disappointed in the movie. Like, the movie's um, as a bit forgettable uh, in the sense, but it's also not forgettable because the thing that really elevates the material is the performances by Denzel, Malik, and uh, and Jared Leto. Like, those three like elevate the material, but the the actual uh, you know movie itself is. On the whole, mostly unoriginal, and I've seen you know movies like this before, starring Ashley Judd. You know, yeah. um, I I think that it, it uh, there I I saw uh, somebody say in this I'm not I'm just not going to take credit for it, but I saw somebody say that it was basically an episode of CSI or whatever that was just spread out to a movie, and I'm like, and also the the ending also left me unfulfilled. I'm not going to give away any spoilers or anything like that, but um, yeah, the, the the ending left me wanting more. Um, so what do you what do you uh, what do you think about this movie? Well, you know, um, I'm not I'm not gonna uh, speak a lot on the movie because I'm gonna review it on my on my YouTube channel. But I will say, I agree pretty much with everything you said. You know, um, but you know, but one thing I will say, the performances are unbelievable. They're so good. They're a lot better than I think people we would even give them credit for. Because a lot of times when movies aren't masterpieces or movies aren't phenomenal uh people tend to kind of look over the performances you know if this movie was one of the greater movies of the year 
all three of these guys will be up for some type of awards and stuff but they're they're not because the movie you know but but yeah for the most part everything you said i don't think you've quite you, you didn't say anything that i was just like i disagree with so yeah, but I yeah, mean, like be, I said, be on the lookout for for it on my YouTube channel. Shout out to UTI Troy's YouTube channel. But yeah, no, but but I just gotta say, like, and of course, you know, Denzel is Denzel. You know, he's like, you know, they're all like, all three of them are Academy Award winners, by the way. So right. like, I'm not gonna say that they didn't like phone it in. I think they really did try, but I just think that the it's like the script wasn't hard hitting enough, and it's not like when it comes to like these uh, these uh, these thrillers, basically these uh, cop procedural thrillers. Uh, because this movie's been made a thousand times over, you have to be, you have to do something to stand out, and I don't think this movie did anything to stand out. Um, which yeah. I guess, um, I guess, I, I don't know. I mean, it might be a little bit unfair to say because you know, um, I guess when a cliche is done too much, it kind of like diminishes what's what's good about this movie. Um, I don't know. I mean, but like, you, you know, you saying that, uh, not to cut you off, you saying that I, uh, this has nothing to quite to do with. Well, it kind of does, but it just made me think of the movie Gone Girl, and it makes me appreciate <laughs> that movie so much because of pretty much what you said. Like, you have to come with something different. You have to, you know, and bring Gone something Girl was definitely new. Different. It turned a whole lot of tables on every. Flipped the script a lot. That flipped movie. the script, and and yeah. it's like the the definition of how you do a movie like this without it being cliche or it being the exact same movie you've seen a million times and uh that that's like the the perfect definition of what you're saying and yeah, yeah. i don't think this movie achieved that yeah of course and i think and i think they were trying to there was a certain twist that happened later on and it really didn't hit for me um there actually there was two twists uh actually multiple twists but two twists that i have in my head right now and they didn't hit for me and uh um but like i don't i don't i don't want to sound negative on this movie i actually think it is definitely worth a watch on hbo max for sure and i think it was a good movie um i i just think that i don't know i think good isn't good enough is what i want to as what i want to leave the note on for me especially with the level of talent on display here yeah. All right. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to the next segment. And this time I actually do have a sound effect. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. <laughs> yeah, the news. That's like, the, I like, the, that. I like that. The, I like the news, news bulletin. Yeah. So we have we have a couple of news stories here to cover here. Uh, so the first one up here uh, on the list is The Matrix 4. The full title has reportedly leaked. This comes from Games Radar. Uh, so the question is, do we actually know fully know the title of The Matrix 4? So, uh, so The Matrix 4 title has been leaked. The movie will, will reportedly be called The Matrix Resurrections. Uh, according to Yahoo, the title was leaked in a now-deleted Instagram post from a hairstylist working on the movie. The post showed a, a gifted trench coat featuring The Matrix iconic digital rain from the movie's director, Lana Wachowski. According, uh, alongside the trench was a letter that read, during these extraordinary times in the ma making of Matrix Resurrections, uh, that was a little quote in there, uh, plus part of the digital rain on the trench coat also appeared to form the word Resurrections. Although the leak, uh, although leaks like this have always been taken with a pinch of salt, the title makes sense. For one thing, it fits with the other titles in the franchise, The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolutions. They all have a letter R. Uh, plus, more crucially, the main characters Neo and Trinity were very much dead at the end of 2003's The Matrix Revolutions, but actors Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss are very much uh, returning for the fourth installment. A resurrection of two 
uh, a, re a resurrection or two was the only to be uh, expected. Uh, along alongside Reeves and Moss, Jada Pinkett Smith will return for The Matrix 4 as uh, Nio Nio oh, Niobe, while Lambert Wilson will reprise the role as the Merovingian, and Daniel uh, Bernhardt is back as Agent Johnson. So uh, the movie is expected to hit theaters and HBO Max simultaneously on December 22nd. So uh, what do you think of the, the title? Do you think it's actually going to be caught? Do you believe that this leak is, is, is factual uh, or uh, is your fake news? Well, I don't, I don't quite think you could call it fake news because anytime something is deleted, that means something, someone or something, it's some problems going. Like, it's been multiple times where someone could put, like, I, could, I have all right to post, hey, the new Matrix is going to be called whatever, whatever. You know, no one's going to make me take it down. You see what I mean? So the fact that it was taken down, you, it has some validity to it, but I don't think it's enough to where, you know, you could pretty much say, hey, this is, you know, this is the title. You know, it's not coming from, like, deadline or nothing like that. So, uh, I, you know, it's, it's like a 50-50 chance, but I, I really don't like the title. I just What? <laughs> I, I just don't like. Oh it. Oh my god! I I was buying this all. I was eating this all up. Yeah, I mean, and you're not you're not alone. But I, you know, because <laughs> I, I have friends that likes this title. I think it sucks. Uh, but I don't know if that's maybe because I'm not really too excited about the movie, and maybe you know I just have like a negative kind of way of thinking. But I just don't like resurrection. I, I don't know. Uh, but I mean, who knows? You know, maybe if I see it and the movie's good and. A lot of times, uh, titles got to have context behind it. Like, you might not like a title until you watch it, and then the title fits perfect, you know. But regardless, it's just a title, so it's not going to make or break. It's been multiple movies where I hate the title and love the movie, so. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. Um, I'm just, I'm I'm definitely, I was definitely, uh, you know, excited for this movie. It was almost, I don't know if, I don't, I don't remember for me my top five most anticipated, but it definitely was a contender for uh, my most anticipated for 2021. So uh, the fact that, um, you know, when we were looking into this, uh, this story, uh, the person who received that trench coat uh, with that letter from the director, um, it really, she really is listed on IMDb as like the hairstylist or the wardrobe person or whatever. So uh, the fact that she, She's getting an official, like, you know, embossed letter and everything. And, like, the picture, I actually saw the picture. It looked legit. Like, I think it really is going to be called uh, the Matrix Resur Resurrections. And, of course, you know, we have, you know, the letter R and, of course, the fact that two dead characters are coming back. So you have that all makes sense. And I think that that's what this. Also, it's kind of like a double, it's a double entendre because, you know, you got the characters being resurrected, but you also got the franchise being resurrected because this, this franchise has yeah. been dead since 2003. So... Uh, yeah. Well, see, I, and and I gotta say, like the reason why I'm not excited about this movie for multiple reasons. First of all, I really don't like when I don't know, like when stories or movies or television shows they go back on their word. You know, I hate the <laughs> idea of killing characters, but because it's popular, let's just bring them back. You know, let's redcon the shit. Who cares? You know, people excited for it, so who cares? I believe in continuity and making things makes sense and it's like it's one of the reasons why i'm not the biggest fan of fast and furious no more because it's like no one dies like if anyone dies then it don't matter because they could just bring them back it don't Han even matter and like, michelle rodriguez <laughs> yeah it's like it don't matter they, they they have no kind of consistency with that and to me that takes away from stores when someone dies it it really means something you know it should mean something anyway and then if you could just easily just say hi ah, Let's just bring them back. Who cares? You know, so I, I don't like the idea of the movie. But also, 
you know, Matrix is an all-time great movie. I love the first Matrix, but to me, the franchise is ruined when you have two bad movies after that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, you know, with some franchises, you know, you might get two good movies out of four or two good movies out of three or, like, you know, Matrix was so great, and then it's almost like the second two almost make the first Matrix not as good, you know, as if, if it would have been alone. So, I don't know, like, to bring a third one. I haven't liked Matrix since two movies ago. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we got to see. So, who knows? Maybe this movie can do something to reinvigorate the whole franchise, you know? But in terms of being excited, I just can't be excited for the movie. I'm a little concerned that Lawrence Fishburne isn't isn't back uh, in this story. So, Well, see, hey, listen. Uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, he was in the... Um, uh, what's the uh, the... Um, dang it, I cannot think of the the killer, the famous serial killer movies that's been coming out the last three. Uh, with dang it, what are the, how can I forget the name? He, but I was about to say he's in that and he's so good in those movies. Uh, so I, I have good faith that he's gonna be, you know, back and be, being good again. Uh, let's see here. It says here blackish. No, not that. No, mm. no. Dang it, like it, it, the movie, the famous killer where his dog gets killed and he wants to. Oh, revenge. John Wick. Oh, yeah, John Wick. John yeah, Wick. I, can't, yeah. I don't know why I couldn't think of John Wick. Like, what, <laughs> what the hell is wrong with me? Yeah, John Wick. Like, Lauren, uh, he shows up in that third John Wick movie, and it was and funny to see those teased. two together again. Like, it reminds you of like the oh, Matrix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's teased for the fourth movie too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I really like the idea of of that cast. You know, the cast coming back and stuff. Okay. All right. Next, uh, next news story up here. We have more details regarding the Snyder Cut. So this article comes from uh, Screen Rant, and they wrote like a little bit of a, a half opinion piece slash half uh, news piece here. Uh, Justice League Snyder Cut release date misses a huge BVS opportunity. Uh, so the release date for Zack Snyder's Justice League, a.k.a. the Snyder Cut, has been announced but fails to capitalize on a Batman vs. Superman opportunity. The release date for uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, a.k.a. the Snyder Cut, has been announced. Okay, that's the same exact... They literally put the same line twice. Okay, after a liter, uh, literally years of constant uh, ravenous demands f- uh, from fans, the Snyder Cut is finally on its way. For a long time, many doubted whether Snyder's original vision for Justice League would ever see the light of day. And while the Snyder Cut won't, won't be exactly what was originally planned, um, it will uh, be much, much closer to realizing it. Snyder has um, even gotten the freedom to add elements to his vision of Justice League, including scenes featuring Jared Leto's Joker. It's a truly grand project designed to be a subscription seller for the HBO Max streaming service, which will serve as its exclusive home, or at least initially. Whether everyone uh, who demanded the Snyder Cut will actually subscribe to HBO Max uh, to see it remains anyone's guess. But they're definitely, uh, but you're definitely being given a chance to put your uh, uh, their money where the virtual mouth was. So, as recently revealed, uh, Zack Snyder's Just League will de- debut on HBO Max on March 18th, 2021. That's right around the corner, and it gives DC fans something major to look forward to in the first quarter of the year. However, the chosen date came very close to commemorating a major DCU, DCEU milestone. Um, while there's nothing wrong with March 18th, a re- uh, release date assigned to Zack Snyder's Justice League, and with Godzilla vs. Kong recent move to March 31st, it now has some breathing room. 
Warner Brothers missed a big opportunity by not waiting a little. Just one week later, on March 25th, it would have been Zach, uh, the Snyder, um, Snyder Cut release of an exactly the... Hmm, let me try that again. Just one week later, March 25th, would have had the Snyder Cut release on exactly the fifth anniversary of when Batman vs. Superman opened in theaters in 2016. So that's a Back to the Future uh, segment there for a, a spoiler for you next month there. Or, yeah, in the next month. Uh, Batman vs. Superman, also directed by Snyder, uh, was the film that kicked uh, the DCU off in earnest and was supposedly to be the only early stages of dir the director's, producer's long-term plans for the brand. So, I mean, that's pretty much the story there. So we have two things at, at play here. Number one, release date of March 18th. Uh, and not mentioned in the story, but it's going to be one four-hour-long movie. Uh, the big update was at the time when the Snyder Cut was announced is that there was a possibility that it was going to be episodic, that the movie would be broken up into four pieces uh, where they would do it one hour at a time. So now we have a change in format. Um, and it's also going to be coming out a week before the BVS five-year anniversary, which I guess this uh, article is a bit being sarcastic because, I mean, it really doesn't matter. Um, I don't think that's really a thing that you need to be like, oh, yeah, five years after BVS, you know? Right. I agree. Uh, but, you know, hey, uh, I'm actually kind of uh, – I'm a bit of a fan of the fact that it's going to be one uh, one big piece, like one big uh, chunk of a movie. Uh, I mean, I don't think I've ever had a situation where there's a movie – uh, released and it's a four-hour-long movie because, like, usually epics are three hours. Um, yeah, um, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go for it. Yeah, well, see, I agree with you. Like, this article is about nothing. Like, who, <laughs> like, literally, who cares about it being on the anniversary of Batman v Superman? Like, first of all, usually people only care about that stuff when something's an instant classic, you know? <laughs> and Batman v Superman wasn't that, even though it's a lot of fans that like that movie and it's a lot of uh, quality things about Batman v Superman for sure, but I'm just saying it's not that like to make that big of a deal. Like, oh, it could drop on. Uh, who cares? So that uh, there's that. But also with the whole four hour thing. So I heard Sna Zack Snyder say out of his mouth that y you could have your choice of it being a you know episodic for like uh episodic kind of thing or a four-hour movie so you're saying they changed it to where now it's just a four-hour movie that's what it looks like hmm that's interesting i think i prefer that i mean because i just like if it's gonna be long you might as well just, you're gonna bench watch it anyway <laughs> you know you might as well just watch it all the way through you know what i mean i mean if you do if it is too long it's on hbo max you could just pause it and start back it's like it's literally the, the exact Irishman. same thing like the Irishman, yeah, like, like the Irishman. Go, it's, you can it's watch the Irishman like an episode of yeah, of a show. Right, it's 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 the exact same thing. If you could just pause it, if it's too long, you could pause it and come back tomorrow. You know, or most people these days when shows are really good or there's something they really, you know, they highly interested, they'll just watch it all the way through, like ten like, episodes in a row or eight like episodes a, in two days or something like that. So. Like Stranger uh, Things and stuff like that. Yeah, like yeah, right, day. exactly. You know, I'm sure if Wandavision or if um the mandalorian or any of these shows if they all dropped at the same time trust me everybody will watch that in one day yep. you know what i mean so I, I think it makes sense it makes sense to be a long four-hour movie i'm just a little concerned about the, the about the business uh ramifications because you know this is going to be a hbo max uh, exclusive project um it's not coming out in theaters uh, unlike godzilla versus kong um so what i'm thinking to myself is I feel like they could have done a both release, like you could have done it piecemeal, one hour at a time, because I think that 
by doing so, you help drive subscriptions because you have a longer runtime. Because if you think about like things like Stranger Things, they all come out in one go. Everyone binge watches it real fast. And then it's yesterday's news by a week, by a week's time. Uh, the online chatter, the internet buzz, like the, the marketing cycle, like the word of mouth is going to be gone. But things like The Mandalorian and WandaVision, even with our show, like we talk about WandaVision because there's a, like a longer wait time. Every episode drops on a Friday and then the water cooler uh, cycle starts over again. Yeah. Um, I feel like with this, this could have been a good thing where they could have, you know, kept that momentum going week to week or for four weeks in a row. And on top of that, on the fourth week, you could even like had a separate upload where it's like one big thing without no pauses in between them. So that way you don't have to watch them bit by bit or you can just, you know, watch like the separate upload, which is the full four hour cut. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, know. I agree with you. I mean, you're not wrong. I agree with you. The thing is, I think, you know, with the same with like Netflix, I think they want to be. They want to build a, a rapport and be known for the amount of content that they have on their show. So I think they're playing like the long game, you know, because a lot of this time you could, you know, you might do that for four or five weeks until the show is over and then end your subscription. You see what I mean? So at the end of the day, like Netflix, the you know, the reason why they're the big man on campus is because they continuously have something for you to watch. Right. So you could. You know, they they say, you know, the average person that watch Netflix, they scroll looking for something more than they actually watch it, watch whatever (laughs) they pick before they go to sleep. You know what I mean? They spend more time looking for something to watch. Right. And and for you to do that, you got to have that type of content, that amount of content. And so I think what they're trying to do is do the long game. Like, all right, this is something, but this is just something to have, you know, people talking. But we're going to have this. We're going to have that. We're going to have this. And I think that has something to do with why they have all their big movies coming to HBO Max. I think they're just trying to, I mean, it's coming to theaters and HBO Max. And I think they're just trying to have something to make people say, oh, man, HBO Max, let's let's get on that that subscription so i mean you're not wrong i I agree with what you're saying too but you know i I can understand what they're doing as well yeah all right next up here we have uh coming from the hollywood reporter we have a cloverfield sequel in the works with batman tv spinoff showrunner um this was exclusively reported uh, by the hollywood reporter uh so the the creature feature launched a shared story universe when it was released in 2008 uh cloverfield the jj abrams produced horror hit released in 2008 that launched filmmaker matt reeves hey matt reeves on the path uh of genre auteur and it's getting a sequel adam's uh, bad robot banner and paramount pictures have tapped rising uh, british scribe joe barton to pen the script for the project uh, which unlike its predecessor will not be in the found footage format according to sources um, abrams will produce along with a uh, bad robot um, head of film hannah min uh, minghella Mingha- uh, reeves is not involved with the project uh, cloverfield was a monster movie shot in the then popular found footage style to reflect the growing ubiquity of video cameras. It followed a group of 20-something New Yorkers as they tried to navigate the city during an attack by a giant monster. The movie was uh, made under the radar and used a viral marketing campaign to tease out the interest. The tactic worked, and the movie made uh, was made for $25 million, and it had a massive opening weekend of $40 million, and it went on to gross $172 million worldwide. Um, side note, uh, the movie was a bit of a... Um, underperformer in the sense that I at the time I don't know if it's still true but it had the record of the highest opening weekend to not cross a hundred million dollars domestically 
So mm. that's uh, that's an interesting one. Uh, it was all hype and like very much opening weekend uh, buzz. I mean, but that's one of them pointless or like stats. <laughs> yeah, that's like pointless little stats. Who cares if it made that much money? Like they made that much more money. Like who cares about that? <laughs> so yeah, um, continuing on with the article, it began a Cloverfield universe, which saw two more modestly budget- budgeted movies called Ten Cloverfield Lane and The Cloverfield Paradox, which released in 2016 and 2018 respectively. Those movies were originally developed as separate movies, but were then folded under the Cloverfield banner, uh, tying them to a linked story with science fiction and monster themes. When Paradox um, disappointed critically after being sold off to Netflix and with Abrams' attention seemingly focused on his deal with Warner Media, it was presumed that Cloverfield, that the Cloverfield franchise was being laid to rest, but uh, no brand in Hollywood ever truly dies, right? Uh, so despite uh, details of the... T- of details of the take are being kept kept hidden um, <laughs> under Central Park. Oh, that's very nice. Uh, but yeah, let's, let's go ahead and end the article there. Um, so... I am. I for one, am not surprised that you know Hollywood is uh, constantly scraping scraping the bottom of the barrel. So uh, I'm I'm gonna line up day one for this movie as well because I'm a sucker like that. What you got for me, Troy? You know, I I'm actually excited about this movie. To be honest, I'm a I'm a Cloverfield fan, and I actually like the Cloverfield Paradox. I think was that the really? second one. That was a, no. Ten Cloverfield Lane was the second one. Ten Cloverfield, Cloverfield Lane. I actually liked that one. The Paradox one was trash. Okay, so <laughs> that was the third one. The third yeah. one that they did was trash. Ten Cloverfield Lane. I liked it, but I just hated how you could like it was so obvious that it wasn't originally like a Cloverfield movie. It was like something else, and it's like, oh, let's just throw Cloverfield, you know, a part of it. Let's just make that something. It had absolutely nothing to do with it. It was like what. But I still like the movie, so I can't, you know what I mean? I can't hate. And then I, I've I've always been a big fan of Cloverfield and Matt Reeves as a director. I'm a huge fan of him. So, I'm, I mean, even though he's not directing this, this next one, I, I'm just ex- excited about the whole idea of the movie. And hopefully they can find some kind of way to make it tie in. I'm actually glad they're not doing the found footage stuff because I think that was of that time. Like around 2000 and say like 8, 9, 10 was that found footage style of filmmaking, which was fun and like new at the time, but I think it's kind of played out. So I'm glad they're not going with that no more. But yeah, I'm excited. Well, yeah, like Chronicle. Who did Chronicle, by the way? I can't try to remember. Uh, the director that was that did Fantastic Four. I can't. The the recent Fantastic Four with Michael B. It Jordan. Was, it was. Uh, let's see, Josh Trank. Uh, Josh yeah, Trank. Were... <laughs> yeah, Josh Trank. Yeah. What's it called? That, that movie was a good movie. I liked it. That was the only good movie he made, really, sister. Damn, shots. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> shots just being honest. I'm just being honest. Um, shout out to TJ Miller. Actually, no, I guess maybe we can't shout him out anymore because uh, <laughs> he got canceled. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Ah, uh, shit, man. Uh, no, but I was originally going to say shout out to TJ Miller because that movie was the one that created, that catapulted himself into superstardom because of how funny he was in Cloverfield where he was like, he was the guy that was holding the camera within the movie and he yeah. kept on like saying crazy stupid shit. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, he was hilarious <laughs> in that and then he went on to be in Deadpool and man, it's all just his other stuff, him to, yeah. yeah, for I, him to I get canceled. He, what did yeah. he get canceled for again? I forgot. I don't remember. Let me, I mean, let me try to do a quick see, uh, see here. Uh, TJ Miller canceled, and let's see what comes up. Uh, we have here, nope. Oh, some sexual allegations, I guess, is what, oh, I, what yeah, I got typical. here. Typical. Uh, but, yeah, so next uh, next news story up here on the um, 
on the uh, on the dock here is uh, the Tomb Raider sequel lands a new director, uh, which is from Love Lovecraft Country's uh, showrunner Misha Green, and this is, comes from Collider. So hot off of digging into the relics of America's past, hint it's racism on HBO's uh, Lovecraft Country. Showrunner Misha Green has landed another massive excavating job over at MGM. Deadline, Deadline reports Green will make her feature directing debut and write the script of a Tomb Raider sequel set to bring back Alicia Vikander as the pistol-wielding treasure hunter Lara Croft. Uh, things appear to have changed since 2019 when Ben Wheatley was announced as the Tomb Raider 2 director. At the time, the movie was uh, also got a March 2021 release date, which, not going to lie, seems unlikely. <laughs> yeah, it's unlikely. Uh, Green, that. however, seems like uh, the better choice here. The writer-director co-created ex- and executive produced and wrote the period drama Underground for WGN America in 2016, running for two seasons to a strong positive reaction. She then took her talents to HBO, adapting Matt Ruff's novel Love- Lovecraft Country with producers Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams. Both stories are deeply rooted in historical fact to tell compelling stories of horror, survival, and perseverance, which could turn a Tomb Raider story into much more than a point-and-shoot actioner. Uh, plus, you uh, you know this will mark the first time a woman has directed a live-action Lara Croft, which is insane, but extremely welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's been, what, three Lara Croft movies? Two I with know. Angelina Jolie and the other one with Alicia Vikander. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so... I uh, I actually did watch the Alicia Vikander uh, movie uh, back in theaters, mm-hmm. um, and it, the, the 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 trailer even gave away the post credit scene. Uh, in the trailer, she has the dual wielding pistols. Yeah. And then like you know that's how the the that's how the movie ends. So like those liars, but yeah, the 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 movie definitely had took a lot of uh, uh, a lot of um, uh, critical guess, damage. No, no, no. I was going to say the Alicia Vikander movie took a lot of inspiration is what I was trying to say. They, oh. It took a lot of inspiration from the 2016 video game reboot. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No question. Yeah, so um, I've never, I I've, I know of Lovecraft Country. Um, I don't know who Misha Green is. Uh, so do you have anything on this or do you, or do you know more about this than I do on this? Uh, I know less than you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's fair. Well, just saying. Um, good news. Uh, sounds like good news to me. Uh, I'm just happy that the the Tomb Raider movie, uh, the sequel, is is going on uh, as planned. So, the last um, big story here to talk about, and this is a big, huge story. This probably should have been the lead off story, but hey, you gotta, uh, I guess, finish the. You save your best hand for last, I guess. Uh, AMC may have just been saved from the bankruptcy by Reddit's stock market moves. This uh, comes from Screen Rant. It says here that GameStop isn't the only company to experience market changes. AMC theaters also saw an increase in stock value, saving the company from a shutdown. So AMC uh, AMC theaters may stick around despite a devastating year of financial hardship. Thanks to the recent changes in the stock market caused by savvy Redditors, movie theaters have struggled for the past decade uh, due to the rise in streaming services but have ultimately held out thanks to major releases and a steady enough fan base that still wants the movie experience. The, corona, the coronavirus pandemic uh, changed that by forcing theaters to shut down, uh, catalyzing existing trends uh, to in favor of streamable content. Even after theaters reopened, people were still hesitant to go out in public, especially uh, to an enclosed space such as the movies. As recent as this Monday, AMC was on the brink of going out of business until a $1 billion fundraiser saved them. Uh, AMC is undoubtedly not uh, the only corporation that has struggled struggled thanks to the uh, technological advancements in recent years. 
theaters have had to compete with streaming, but print media has uh, has declined due to online news news outlets. Uh, department stores have struggled to keep up with Amazon, and retailers such as GameStop have had to close location uh, locations thanks to platforms like Steam. Uh, things changed when GameStop saw a massive upswing after Redditors, uh, Reddit users of r slash Wall Street Bets saw an investment opportunity in the company's stock after hedge funds firms pulled uh, money to bury GameStop. Uh, people on this message board bought numerous stocks, causing the shares value to drastically increase, leading uh, to more money in these new shareholders' pockets. So uh, the news uh, the news focused on GameStop as their stocks saw the, the most substantial change. That said, they are far from the only company to see market changes lately. AMC stock went up 300% on Wednesday due to the same buzz on Reddit. Per Matt Levine, a finance and opinion columnist, columnist for Bloomberg, these recent events may have saved the company. Quote, yesterday's holders of $600 million of AMC convertible bonds converted them into a stock at a conversion price of $13.51 per share. $600 million of debt vaporized by Reddit's enthusiasm. A week ago, it was not crazy to think that this company was doomed. Now it is entirely possible that it will survive and thrive and show uh, and show movies in movie theaters for decades to come because Everyone went to uh, everyone went nuts and bought meme stocks this week. Um, the movie, this movie theater revival is undoubtedly good news, as celebrities such as Tom Hanks have noted that the experience of going to see a film in a theater is unique and still sought after. While streaming has led to a more content that is easily accessible for those who can't front the subscription prices, there is no denying the movie theater experience is hard to replicate at home. So, uh, some households are too hectic to focus entirely on the movie. Many people cannot afford a large uh, afford a screen as large as a wall to captivate and excite these uh, those watching. Moreover, many people go to the movies for the community aspect the theaters provide. With AMC getting this uh, chance to continue, this unique experience can be maintained. Um, it's worth noting that the stock market is extremely vulnerable to sudden change, meaning this upward swing could be temporary. Furthermore, stock value is vital for a business. Still, customers must frequent an establishment for it to survive. Hopefully, this can happen again soon with the vaccines rollout. In short, many variables are affecting whether or not people can go to the movies, but for right now, people can make uh, people can take comfort in knowing that AMC appears to be saved. So not mentioned in this article, um, I read somewhere else in another article that apparently the, the amount of money that was being pumped into AMC stocks helped uh, curb the amount of losses that they took uh, in 2020 financially for the whole financial year, uh, given that the, all the theaters were shut down. So that's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. And that's it's it's phenomenal news. It's like great news for people like me that is a, a huge movie guy and I'm like I'm all about the theaters over watching stuff at home any day, you know. Like a lot of people don't understand like like I like what that was like meant that like what was mentioned, you know, going to the theaters experience. It's not a it's not a thing you do cuz you have to. It's not like Dang, I want to see this movie, so I have to go to the theater. No, you get up and want to go to the theater. So it's like a, it's something to to do. It's something to get out the house and do. And to in certain movies, it's just meant to experience, be experienced on the big screen. To me, like there's no point of making some. Uh, to me, a blockbuster doesn't even feel like a blockbuster if it's only on coming straight to your television <laughs> on Netflix or something like that. So 
for me, you know, anytime you any good news about theaters surviving and theaters thriving is it, it, great news. And and I and I got to say, you know, I honestly think like I honestly think if you look at the year 2019 had in movies and box office, they, they had some incredible numbers like movie like the the whole perception that movie theaters was dying i just didn't believe it you know i mean you look at the success of like movies like ford v ferrari making 225 million dollars worldwide or movies like us making 255 millions worldwide or movies like once upon a time in hollywood making 370 million dollars worldwide you know it's just so many movies Knives Out made $311 million worldwide. Parasite. Like, these movies are not big blockbuster, big um, reboot type of movies. And people were still going to the movies and watching these movies. You know, Little Woman made $216 million worldwide on an $80 million budget. Like, the the you know they were people were showing that they were still willing to go to the theaters and you know and theaters was thriving but we got hit with this pandemic and it hurts and it hurt a lot of businesses and you know movie theaters i think got hit the worst but by any means i feel like if they could survive through this whole pandemic and this whole situation we're in i think movie theaters are going to continue to strive and when you sit here about news like this you know it gives you even more hope yeah, um, I said this on last on uh, on last week's uh, episode of Radio Press Play, uh, so be sure to check that out as well. It's our sister show. It's the gaming the gaming uh, <laughs> the gaming side of things. Uh, we talked about the GameStop story, and I said at, at the time, and I st- I'm going to say it again here for the AM- this is going to be true for AMC, but uh, these uh, these stocks are are being artificially inflated. Like the value of these stocks are being inflated because. Uh, People on the internet are just banding together to buy up stocks and drive up the prices to uh, screw over hedge funds. People is like they're trying to um, hedge funds are are betting against these companies that they know they're dying. They they know that AMC and GameStop are struggling, and so these hedge funds people are like are trying to short um, short the stocks. And so the internet is collectively telling billionaires to go fuck themselves, and uh, you know buying up these stocks to make them lose billions of dollars. And so, when it comes to the stock market situation, I feel this. I, I feel like this is going to be a situation where, like, the bubble is going to pop because you know it's an artificial inflation. Uh, the, the 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 joke will be over, and then and then it'll start ticking back down. So, uh, buying stock doesn't increase foot traffic. So, um, as the article even said it as well, it, it, that in order for a business to stay afloat, you need foot traffic. So, I feel like they're just. Um, you know, AMC, the company is, you know, taking in money from people buying stocks. So they're using that capital to stay afloat. So it's going to definitely help because they are in serious debt. They took out debt to stay afloat. And so this is only going to help uh, curb that. Um, of course, I do. Uh, I do hope that things work out for them and stuff. But, you know, uh, a reckoning is coming for AMC and as well as, well as for just everyone else involved. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm very I'm happy, but I'm also skeptical. Uh, skeptical about this whole situation, and I'm I, I kind of want I kind of approach it on tre- with trepidation. I also didn't buy any stocks in either AMC nor GameStop. I was not part of that hype train. A part of me kind of wishes I could have done it and got in while the getting was good, but I I don't I don't want to jump on a trend and then lose money because the, the you know the joke is over and I I'm like too late to the party kind of thing. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 
Let's go ahead and move on to the next bit here. Uh, check this out. It's actually going to be only two news stories here. So here's the headlines for, for the extra news. Uh, first one up is Hannibal may return, says Mads Mikkelsen, on Happy Sad Podcast due to Netflix's popularity. Um, and the second headline was that Aquaman, Aquaman 2 might shoot uh, this summer. So regarding the Mads Mikkelsen thing, um, he was on a podcast and he said that uh, there's been revitalized talks for uh, Hannibal Season 4. Uh, because the show has gotten like a renewed popularity because people discovered it on Netflix. And Netflix has been known to have uh, uh, revived other shows like Designated Survivor and um, uh, what was that other? Um, Lucifer, uh, like things like that. So there's like the Netflix sequels and stuff like that. So hopefully uh, that might happen. Uh, have you, did you watch Hannibal back uh, when it was airing? Uh, no, I didn't watch it, but I heard it was really good, and I'm sure like a lot of fans would be happy. You know, Netflix, they come and revive shows when they have no hope, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, they did it with Young Justice, I, I believe, and, uh, and with a lot of other shows. They so did it with the rest sure of development. A lot of people would be happy about that. Yeah, they did it with the rest of de- development as well. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, so regarding the Aquaman story, it just says here, like the TLDR is uh, uh, Dolph Lundgren was uh, one of the uh, actors that was in the first Aquaman movie. He was saying that they might he might be flying to London uh, this summer to, to film the movie. Uh, hopefully uh, they maintain their schedule because the movie appears to be set for December 16th, uh, 2022. Hey, that movie, man, it's surprising that that movie is like taking. Well, I guess because when Aquaman came out in what year? 2018, right? Uh, I believe so. Let's take a look here. So, because I mean, that movie is the only DC, uh, well, DCEU movie that made over a billion. So I would have yeah. thought they would have hurried up and got that next sequel this, out within, you know, Spider-Man movies. They come out every two, two years. years. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So for that movie to come out four years later, it's like, what are y'all doing? This is y'all <laughs> hit. You know what I mean? Y'all should have been had that shit out. <laughs> Yeah, it made $1.148 billion, and it came out in December 21st, 2018, and uh, I, there was no way they were going to make it in a two-year, in a two-year, even if they were, like, fast-tracking like they were doing a Spider-Man movie, you weren't going to release this past December and December 2020 because of COVID, so, um, right. I, I, but you were right, they should have a, this should have been a situation where, like, we're talking about it for Bond, you know, how Bond is or, done. Yeah, or Bond, yeah. or Kong, yeah. like, a lot of these movies, they're, they're they would have been out already, yeah. but COVID pushed them back, but they're, they're like, they're done. finished, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying so like and you can put them them. out whenever yeah. you feel like they're necessary or whenever it needed to be you feel like they need to be out so i mean if they would have went on with schedule and like hurried up and jumped on it they might have could have had one of these finished movies and you just waiting on the proper release date yeah true true all right so um but i, I am but i gotta say i'm excited about aquaman too though i was a fan of the first Aquaman movie. I mean, more of a guilty movie pleasure type of thing. I don't think it was a bad movie, but I'm not like going out saying it was a masterful type of superhero movie, but it was just fun. So as long as they, you know, as long as I can have fun in a turn your brain off type of way, hey, I'm going to be excited. Yeah, that movie definitely was a fun movie. And uh, and yeah, I, uh, shout out shout out to uh, the Film Theory movie channel, or yeah, the Film Theory YouTube channel. Uh, they covered a Film Theory about the Aquaman movie and saying that Aquaman did more damage than uh, than uh, than good in that movie. And it was, <laughs> it was hilarious. All right, let's go ahead and uh, move to check this out. Take this out. So there's three things to check this out here. Uh, there's two trailers and some some photos. So there was a trailer uh, for the Mighty Ducks Game Changer, which is coming to Disney Plus, and it appears to be a, a Disney Plus series. And uh, it's they got Emilio Estevez to come back 
uh, to play his character again. So that looks cool. I don't, I don't really, uh, this doesn't really like, I don't know. When I saw the trailer, I wasn't really that hyped. I think I was just more hyped to see Emilio Estevez, but the whole, uh, series kind of sort of looks whack. <laughs> I just gotta say, <laughs> like, it kind of looks cheesy and stuff like that. Like they're, like they're rehashing the plot of the original movie, but they're doing it worse. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, maybe I'm just old. Yeah. I don't know. Did you see the trailer? Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. It, it looks cheesy, but I it, the thing with this trailer is like a lot of times when you watch uh, like certain whatever when any trailer you you know what their what demographic or, or like what age or yeah, you know type they're going they're for target yeah yeah right who they're targeting like you watch this and I'm like who who exactly <laughs> are y'all targeting like I don't you know like I guess kids but. I don't know. It, it was it was it was whack. It was like you said. It was corny. It was cheesy. But but again, I've never been into that Mighty Ducks and all that stuff. Oh so, man, damn. Dude. Yeah, that that never been me. Like I never not liked it. I never had anything against it. I just never got into it. So who knows? For the people that love that stuff, they're probably jumping up and down. But me, I just you know I don't know. Yeah, my favorite of the three uh, was D2, uh, The Mighty Ducks. Uh, but yeah, no, just saying that was a trailer. Check it out. It's going to be in the show notes. Uh, as well as the other trailer, uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Now, this movie's going to be coming out on, uh, I believe, theaters as well, um, as well as Disney+. Plus. They're doing that thing where um, they're doing that early premiere access thing where you pay like $30 and you get the whole movie um, on Disney+. Plus. Um, oh, okay. So, it's uh I never heard of this movie until like I, there was like a Disney like investor meeting thing where they had all the announcements that happened and my first time ever seeing it was the logo and so now having seen the trailer I'm actually kind of hyped for this movie I think I might actually pay for this movie on Disney plus um, oh I, wow I paid for the Mulan movie which that movie was trash but yeah. um, you know this one definitely doesn't look like them uh, this still this movie looks like a better Mulan in a certain in a certain sense yeah okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's the same, uh, it's from Disney animated studios. They did Moana and stuff like that. So it's not coming from Pixar. It's coming from the Disney animated studios proper. So the last thing I wanted to put is for check this out is I actually had a link to, uh, dailymail.uk. Uh, there is a, uh, story here regarding the, uh, set photos for, um, uh, the, the new Thor 4 movie. Also, apparently my link on this show notes are actually has got messed up here because it doesn't have it anymore. So my link got messed up on me, but whatever. Anyways, I'll, I'll be sure to correct it for the show, uh, for the actual show notes and specifically, but, um, I did see the, uh, I did see the set photos, uh, uh, Thor, uh, Chris Hem, Chris Hemsworth. He's like jacked and he's got like his sleeveless, uh, shirt or thing going on. His new costume kind of looks like it was from like the, a certain comics run. And, uh, you know, he's definitely lost that weight since Endgame, his character. And, uh, he's looking yacked and, uh, Chris uh, Pratt is back as Star Lord, and he's got a look like a little beard going and like a new trench coat. Uh, definitely looks really cool. Um, and yeah, they just started filming, so uh, yeah, I believe it's like I seen those. I seen those set photos, and I actually really like it. I'm uh, this actually excites me a lot because a lot of times when I see set photos, they look really bad, and you know you're like, but you know like when the movie, you know when they after they edit it and do whatever they do and post, it's gonna look cool. But actually, like when you look at these set photos, it looks cool already. So I'm like, damn, like this this shit gonna be fire. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, move on to the next the next segment. 
topic of the show. <laughs> Did you recognize that sound effect, by the way? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I do. It's, it's so familiar. I, it's so familiar. Yeah, it's the the TV show Lost. Ah, yes, I knew. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just decided something something like that builds and stuff, you know, something that yeah. builds up, and then of course, yeah, uh, that, I like that it built tension in a quick amount of time. Yeah, so topic of the show, that's like our big thing. It's like the big show, the big topic of what we're talking about here. Uh, so Troy, we we both came prepared this time around, unlike last time when we met up, but. We both came prepared. We each have five predictions that we have for the year 2021. Now, it's we're in February already, so it's, we're a little ways in, but uh, not knowing what, how the rest of the year is going to play out, we're just going to throw out some predictions as to how do you think we are, uh, what, what, what kind of like news stories that we're going to be talking about um, towards the end of the year, uh, come January of next year in 2022, we'll revisit this topic and see, you know, who got more right or who got more wrong, you know? Yeah. So go ahead and, uh, and kick us off here for this topic. Uh, Give me one prediction, and I'll I will I will counter you with another. All right, cool. So my first prediction is gonna sound a little bit crazy, but I actually think you know with this whole Godzilla vs Kong trailer, like the hype has been absurd. Like I can't even go nowhere without someone saying, "Who you think gonna win out of Godzilla and King Kong?" And it's it's a surprise I think hit, and I actually think this is gonna be the biggest movie of the year, just in Whoa. terms of yeah yeah, just in terms of success. I think it's going to be the biggest movie of the year because I think a lot of movies are so scared that they're like they're either running towards the end of the year and and not to um, reveal any of my predictions a little bit later, but they're probably going to move out of this year. And I think Kong right now with everyone like not oh, having I nothing yeah. in the in such a long time and Kong, the trailer was so hyped. I mean, look, the, the trailer did like like 20 something like million views in a couple of days it's like i think it's at like 40 might be at like 40 million views now like i think that this is it's pretty hype this movie is pretty hyped up you know and the trailer was just straight fire like i'm be honest it was straight fire and so i honestly think even though it, it sounds crazy now i think by the end of the year we'll say this is going to be the biggest movie now i don't know how we're going to judge that because with the whole box office, you know, HBO Max, I don't know how we're going to judge it. Like, we couldn't really judge how good Wonder Woman did. It was, I mean, it's like, it's said that it didn't do as well, but there's no way we can know that, you know what I mean? But I think somehow, however they do it, I think it's going to end up being that, you know, Kong, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong end up being the biggest movie of the year. Okay. That's an interesting one because I don't know how we're going to be able to judge it and, and, and like weigh the metrics here. I try to make predictions as something that we can actually factually check at the end of the year. Well, they're, they're, so. well, you know, the thing is we can't like with Netflix, when Netflix has a good movie or like a good they They, they give we, you the like, stats. Yeah. Right. Like they give you their like, you know, if they was, you know, if they did good or if it was. You know, if it did good on their streaming service, so we we never know how they do it, but we know when something's a hit for Netflix, right? So, about it. <laughs> yeah. right. So I think you know, like, oh yeah, and just to confirm, uh, it's at forty-seven million views in a week, uh, Godzilla vs Kong, and and I'm telling you right now, like two weeks ago, 
no one wouldn't wasn't even talking about Godzilla vs Kong at all. True. And so for it to be at forty seven million views in a week, and that's not even a, and that's just on one channel. That's on the Warner Brothers channel. So like other channels that got the trailer, it's probably even way more than that. So again, there's no way uh, you're right. There's no way we can factually judge it. But I'm telling you, by the end of the year, they're gonna have some kind of way to judge how because most of the movies that are coming out are gonna be on HBO Max, or at least from Warner Brothers, is gonna be on HBO Max. So. There's going to be some kind of way for us to tell that this was the biggest movie of the year, and I think this will be the biggest movie of the year. Okay. Well, actually, I'll go ahead and, uh, and counter your prediction with my prediction. I am predicting that Fast 9 will be the highest-grossing movie of 2021, box office-wise. Okay. Um, we, of course, they always put out the end-of-the-year charts. And I chose Fast 9, but not because it's, I don't think it's going to be the the best movie. I don't think – I think I oh, think Lord, from, no. from, like, hype – perspectives i'm actually more hyped for for godzilla versus kong to tell you the truth right now but oh, really wow yes. that's surprising coming from you i know right <laughs> I, you know like i uh i had like fast nine in my top five i, think, I don't know if it was at number three or number one i forgot where i where it landed but um uh, but i actually um think that i i did i looked at the calendar i looked at what's coming and what's what's moved and everything what i think is going to move and all that stuff and i i i uh i eliminated all these players like the first thing i did was I disqualified all the movies that are debuting with streaming services. I think Black Widow is going to come out on, on Disney Plus uh, day and date. It hasn't been announced yet, but I think it will. Uh, Kong versus um, uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Warner uh, HBO Max will eat its lunch at the box office straight up. So I think that um, if it was a movie theater exclusive, of course, people are going to be flocking to the theaters. But because uh, people are going to choose to be a stay at home. I think that's what's going to uh, eat into its box office prof, uh, prospect. Same with Dune, same with Matrix. So, like, so all these movies, these big uh, tentpole heavy hitters, they are, um, they're, they're, a lot of these movies are going to be debuting uh, day and date on a streaming service, and it's going to handicap uh, the box office prospects. Universal does not have any streaming um, service situations happening right now, so I think that it will be the de facto champion of the box office of 2021 in the mm. sense that people will have to go see it in, movie, in, the, in theaters if they want to watch it. Well, that's a good point, and it's funny you said that because my next prediction is going to counter that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. go for it, go for it. Well, so my next prediction is that Dune will be the only movie that will exclusively be in theaters that's under Warner, Warner Bros. Bros. Yes, they're going to go back on it. They're going to win the lawsuit or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah because so – Godzilla vs. Kong and Dune were both under Legendary. Legendary now, they yeah. cut a deal for Godzilla vs. Kong. Mm -hmm. I, I believe uh, Warner Brothers paid Legendary like 200 and something million dollars just to like avoid the contract and let them put it out on HBO Max and in theaters. But they haven't done that with Dune. And also, the producers with Dune and the director of Dune are a lot more upset about that movie coming to HBO Max than the King Kong vs. Godzilla producers and directors. So that's still being worked out. And that's also one of the movies that's coming out at the very end of the year. Yeah. So at that time, who knows? The the pandemic might have might go down in terms of the you know the vaccine might be out. Uh the pandemic go down at that they might cut some deal where it's like, look, no, this coming to theaters. We have faith that it's gonna do good in the box office. And I'm, let me tell you what, if this comes to theaters, nothing is messing with Dune. I'm just being honest. <laughs> Dune in terms of in terms of hype and popularity, like this Dune 
is nuts. Like it, everybody's hyped about this Dune, this Dune movie. So if that can exclusively come in theaters, I think that will win the box office. And I and the prediction and the actual prediction is that it will come exclusively to theaters. Okay, that's a good prediction. I actually like it. I I think uh, that one is up in the air at at, at this current time. It can go either way. So yeah, that's a fair one. Okay, I'm gonna. Ca- I like how we're playing. Like uh, we're like jousting each other with predictions here because I'm gonna <laughs> counter. I'm gonna counter your prediction with my prediction here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. My prediction is that um, AT and T slash Warner Brothers will announce that the dual release strategy is here to stay. Mm. Yeah, they. Ooh, they are, that's they, a big one. They are on record right now. At the time of recording, early, earlier, like last month, they said that we're only going to do this just for 2021. This is a 2021 thing. We're not talking about if it's going to stay, but going forward. But I think that by some stretch of the imagination, some some bean counter accountant is going to talk about you know numbers and like statistics and stuff, and talking about revenue and like you know that kind of stuff with at AT and T because AT and T is is the parent company of Warner Brothers, and so these kind of uh, decisions is going to come from up up high. AT and T is going to want to promote HBO Max as a streaming service, so they're going to want to say you know what, let's incentivize people to come and subscribe to us. Dual releases, it's going to be a permanent fixture. And that's my prediction. Wow, that's that's a crazy prediction. I a hundred percent disagree with that. <laughs> but but that's a it's a wild bold prediction. I mean, I guess you know things like that. I guess we have to see in in terms of how well these movies do. You yeah. know, like from what we hear, we don't know, but from what we hear, like Wonder Woman didn't do so good. Yeah. Right. And then if a few other of these movies don't do so good, at least from however they judge how movies do then you know it's a it's already a well-known fact that movie theater like just because of the history of theaters like these blockbuster movies can make a lot of money in theaters it's not a well-known fact at least for hbo max that is new to the stream and stuff that they're going to make money or get their revenue however they're going to get it by doing a streaming service so i feel like them doing it this year was a big promotional plan like a pro- yeah. they looked at it as like a promotional thing and they're taking the L like on all these movies like just taking the lost uh, all these movies but at least it'll promote their their thing going forward I mean I just don't know if they'll just continue that because that's a lot of money to, yeah. like that that's a lot and box office like that that's where money that's where a lot of these movies get their return and the bo- the first weekend of the box office is where they get their return in all these movies so to jump out to jump out and say you know hundreds of million dollars for budgets <laughs> and all this stuff just for it to go to HBO Max who at this moment is still a failed service let's not forget that like it's not like you know at this yeah. moment it's still a oh, failed that, service like, so they're trying to prop it up AT&T trying to prop it up by my prediction but prop also like up, let's just yeah. be fair so, let's I be mean, fair I, I mean I, I I feel you know that's a bold prediction now if that would end up being true you win this whole thing like, <laughs> like, you, like you no, win this I just got to say that like I think with the Wonder Woman thing and how people, uh, you know, the executives were not happy with Wonder Woman's performance and how much, how little it did to like, you know, drive up subscriptions. I will say that if it continues to uh, like, you know, Godzilla comes out, it doesn't do it. Justice League comes out, it doesn't do it. Like uh, Dune comes out, it doesn't do it. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like if it's a situation where all these movies comes out and like we're not seeing like Disney Plus numbers, then yeah, I think they're going to say that they, they were telling 
to shoot the whole time, that it's a one-year strategy, and they're going to go back to business as usual in 22. I think they're saving face by doing that announcement. But if it's a situation where these movies hit and, oh, my God, like revenue is going up and stuff like that, they're going to they're gonna see the bottom line, and they're going to want to say, you know what? Screw it. Let's just do this. I think that yeah, my, my gamble here is that this strategy will be successful enough to warrant them to want to stay with that strategy. Hey, hey, man, that that's that's a bold one, and uh, it's possible. It's definitely possible. All right, your your turn. Yeah. So my next prediction is that the next James Bond movie, No Time to Die, will get pushed back again. Damn, and that was my prediction. Oh God. All right, yeah, we both got. Yeah, we both. I, I believe it's gonna get pushed back to 2022, and uh, I don't think it's gonna. The, the reason why I just don't think that date. I think they're gonna want that movie to to get away from this year you know like the it's already been pushed back several times they're gonna want it to get it toward maybe closer towards uh like around this time next year maybe like march or closer to summer you know because that's like a summer type of movie and it's coming out i believe right now was set for like october i believe october yeah so i just don't think they're gonna be comfortable with that date and again I, i'm looking at things from a like kind of a future looking into the future like i'm hoping we're going to be out of this situation by october yeah. right and and if movies can play in theaters more like even if it's playing in theaters and in on um hbo max because ain't that a hbo one of the hbo maxes or no no mgm is not oh that's mgm do, yeah so i definitely think it's gonna get pushed back because they're gonna like think like okay let's let's push it back to let's push it back to where things are back to normal this is going to be a hit and you know and uh it could have that summer then and they could remarket the movie because i mean the trailer came out so long ago like jesus christ <laughs> you know like they could remarket the, you know start the whole marketing process over again and uh i think 2022 is just a better fit for that movie instead of like rushing it out 2021 yeah i actually uh, i want to piggyback off of yours here because i have it a little i had a slightly different set of reasoning as to why i chose no time to die will be delayed to 2022 so this is my other prediction as well i don't counter you i actually uh, i actually agree with you um so i when i was doing my predictions and i and i called that fast nine will be the biggest highest grossing movie i also factored into my prediction that no time to die will not come out this year the reason why is because it also doesn't have a streaming service uh like mgm doesn't do that but also uh mgm tried to shop around uh like the production company uh there was a story that came out last year i don't remember the exact details but the production company was trying to shop around uh no time to die to cut to debut like on netflix or prime video or something like that um they of course didn't get like bought out because they were saying that this movie needs to uh, be sold for 600 million dollars for the rights to stream it uh just to break even and that's what they were trying to do is just to break even this movie costs so much money that there is no way in hell that this movie is coming out in October. And the reason why I say that is because even if like the vaccine is widely made available and everything, everyone's got inoculated, um, the, the box office landscape, I don't see a situation where the box office landscape is back to business as usual back in 2019 numbers. We're not going to be mm. talking about movies making like, um, you know, a billion dollars at the box office this year. Um, mm. I don't I don't see that happening. So with that being said, um, since No Time to Die needs at least six hundred million dollars to to break even, the producers or the the, the people that make the decisions, they're going to want to pull the movie from twenty twenty one altogether to hopefully plant it in twenty twenty two and say hopefully by twenty twenty two in summertime or whatever day they choose that 
it's going to be a healthy box office landscape where we can make that we can recoup that money um and expect to recoup that money um in a very like uh, valid uh, reasoning i guess so mm. i think that that's the reason why they're not going to hit this year is even though the movies could have been released last year they're going to want to hold on to it just so that way they can get that raking that box office revenue that they hope will will return mm. okay okay yeah that makes sense i mean we're we're kind of on the same the, for the same reasoning but a little bit different. Yeah, yeah different. Bit, uh, we, we different. had a, we had different reasoning, but came to the same conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. All right, you're up. All right, so um, this prediction is going to make a lot of people mad, actually. Uh, but I, you know, I gotta be. I just gotta tell it how I see it. You know, I think Black Widow, um, the the Black Widow that's coming out in May, yeah, May of 2021. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the first bad Marvel movie in a long time. What the hell? There is absolutely no way that's... Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be the first bad movie in a long time. So you're saying it's going to be re- uh, critically plant panned? It's going to review yeah. just... Yeah, I, you know, and I don't think... I don't... Listen, I don't think a Marvel movie can be critically just destroyed, but I think it's not going to... It's going to have a rotten score, like a 56, or or put it like this... Like a Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Like you know that 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 movie didn't get critically slammed, but it's it's like rotten it's on Rotten, rotten Tomatoes yeah. right now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mm. think it's gonna be. I I don't think it's gonna be terrible, but I I think it's gonna be the, one of the weaker Marvel uh, movies. I I just feel like when I watch the trailer. It's a lot of fun, cool stuff you see, but what Marvel movie doesn't have fun, cool stuff, <laughs> right? Like, like you know, her jumping out of a plane or whatever was going on and skydiving, looking stuff and all that. But I feel like when I watch that trailer, I feel like tonally it's a bit off. Like you, I can't like I can't tell if they're trying to be like corny and funny with some stuff and sometimes serious. You know, I, I you know, like. And I felt like they're shoehorning her having a family, like like a a superhero family or that something like that. Like never heard of before in any of the Avengers movies, right? <laughs> like it's like, wait a minute, you've been this secret spy all this time. I've always considered you a loner, and now you just have a family. And then it's like, <laughs> how cliche is it to have a sister? Of course, like, oh, you're my sister. I'm badass. Like it, 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 it really doesn't look that great. If you really like, like, take away your you know your love for the marvel movies take away your love for black widow take away your your trust in the, the whole mcu and and just look at the trailer right for what it is it for me it's like a lot of red flags i'll say that of a bad movie it's like a lot of red flags that i usually don't get in marvel when i see marvel trailers and stuff like that you can almost instantly tell it's going to be a good movie but when i watch this i see a lot of cliche I see a lot of stuff, red cons, you know, it, it's one of the movies that really don't make sense with the other, with the timeline kind of thing. Like, you know how you say, like, you, I like to see movies set up other movies. I just yeah. don't see how this is going to set up anything or be a part of this big share. You know, it just really is the one movie that just don't make sense to me that they made it, even though like Black Widow was popular and we all love Black Widow. But as her having her own movie. I don't quite understand it, and and when they did make it, I didn't think they'll go with this direction. I thought they was gonna do like a straight up spy thriller or something like that, you know. But yeah, so I don't know. I me personally, it did, and I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong actually. But that's my prediction. I think this is this is gonna be the first Rotten, Avengers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a, a Marvel 
like a rotten score in a long time. If they ever, I don't even think they ever even had a rotten score. Even like with trash move with their trash, like Iron Man Two didn't even have a yeah. rotten score. Like, yeah. but uh, but I think this is gonna be probably their first rotten score. That's an interesting one. I honestly don't. I you know what you said to me earlier. If I if I was right, then you win. I'm gonna say that to you right now. If you get this one right, you win. <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna say this. I don't for a second believe that because this movie was, you know, shot and filmed and completed well in advance of May 2020 because, you know, by this time last year, I'm pretty sure the movie was done. This movie was done, shot and, and filmed and everything pre-COVID. This was part of the the, the the Disney Marvel machine, you know. You know, this was a well-oiled machine that was already in play. So I think that I don't see that being true. So well, I mean, so was a lot of movies, but that's not a foregone conclusion. I mean, Wonder Woman was done as well. I mean, James Bond is done again. Yeah. These movies, I mean, James Bond hasn't came out yet, but, but Wonder that Woman was done. We're not, but, yeah. not going to automatically assume that that's going to be good because it's been shot and made already. I mean, Godzilla <laughs> vs Kong, we can see that next month. We're gonna see if that's actually you know something credible. Like it's been done, but that we don't know if that movie gonna be good. That is you true. know what I mean? That is so. true. Fair point. Fair point. All right. Well, my next prediction prediction here, uh, I, I'm going to piss people off here. I'm going to piss you off, actually, Troy. Um, the Oscars are canceled this year. Oh, you know what? I agree with that prediction. Oh, nice. Okay. But I can't say I'm not pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you this, right? As of right now, as of recording, um, the Oscars are still underway. I believe they're scheduled for April this year. Uh, normally around the uh, end of this month is when the Oscars ceremonies would be held, but they were delayed because of COVID. But the people at the Academy are talking about having in-person Oscars, not a virtual Oscars, but an actual in-person in the Kodak theater, like everyone get together uh, ceremony. I don't think that's going to happen. People were like uh, guffawing the news when that happened, when that news story dropped. Um, people were saying, oh my God, it's too soon. And people were like lambasting the Oscars and stuff like that. Uh, I, for one, am thinking to myself that just with the with 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 the movies that did come out in 2020, and you know the movies that are still eligible that are still even dropping right now, I think that even with that extension, they're gonna say like you know the the the, the competition pool isn't really that stacked. Uh, this year is a bit of a wash for releases, so we're just gonna cancel it and roll it into next year. You know, I think that that's gonna it's gonna be one of those like last minute decisions. It could even come later this month within the next week or so. Um, right now, I haven't heard any rumblings or rumors about anything right now. So this this prediction is still 100% valid. But uh, as time as time moves on, as we get closer to that day, we're gonna find out that maybe the Oscars are just gonna be like sort of wash their hands clean of this year. So, what do you think? Mm, I you know I I 100% agree with you. Like. And I honestly don't feel like there's there shouldn't be that big of a point to have the Oscars. Like so many of the movies done got pushed back, and like this wasn't a good year. Basically, like what are we what are we risking people's lives for for a year that did barely had any movies? Like you know what I mean? That don't really make sense. And then if you're gonna count the movies that came out on streaming services, you have a lot of then you have too many movies, right? <laughs> so it's like no, they actually you know, are. They are actually this year they they uh the academy uh, updated their rules to say that they're counting streaming uh releases and they said that yeah. if you were originally intended to come out in theaters then we'll count you as long okay, as you say well, that okay well yeah well that i mean that, but that that doesn't really i mean that yeah right mean, yeah. right but that that like only talking about the ones that were supposed to come in theaters you know yeah. what i'm saying so but yeah like i i just don't feel like like to me it just makes more sense to combine 
2021 and 2020s, you know, in terms of eligibility, you know what I mean? Like it just combine those two and then have a, you know, because I feel like by the end of 2021, like the next Oscars, right? If we were to skip this Oscars and do the next Oscars, mm -hmm. that would really be in 2022. Mm -hmm. I think at that time, the world will be back to normal. I mean, we hope, right? Yeah. So. I mean, you might as well at that point just combine it because, I mean, movies can be so good that if a movie truly is good, great, like it can, you know, it can stand the test of time and still be able to qualify and maybe do something where like they have more nominees than usual. What if, what if, or some, do, what if they do two winners next year? Or yeah, or maybe two winners or I don't know, like just, you know, we're, we're in a time where you have to be creative. You know, you have to be, we have to figure stuff out. So I think that's the wrong move. And I think they're going to realize that that's the wrong move. You mm. see what I mean? I, I think they're going to realize that that's the wrong move. And, um, I and, think, uh, I think that, uh, well, I was going to say that just me personally, if, uh, I'm not, of course, I'm not an actor or anything like that, but I would totally 100% be a bitch and say, yeah, I won the Oscar. You know what I mean? Like if I, if they, if they had the Oscars uh, this year and everyone's got that caveat that like, oh yeah, but you won in a year where there was no competition. I'd be like, fuck you. I'm an Oscar winner. You know what I mean? I would still, <laughs> I would still, oh, man, I would still take low. that check that's to the low, bank, Louis. man. I would still check. I would still cash that check 100% with no goddamn shame. Uh, <laughs> that's low, man. God <laughs> damn. <laughs> uh, Shit. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. That was uh, my second to last prediction. So I believe you have your last prediction up on deck. Yeah. My last. My last prediction is that I think that Marvel will announce of of something very big this year. Um. I think I think Marvel is going to announce something very big because it's so many movies that they had in the pipeline that we, we were getting ready to prepare for before this whole thing hit that I think and, and with the lack of Marvel content, I guess, other than the, the shows with the lack of Marvel content, they're going to want to keep the, the brand just hyped and exciting, you know, and so. Who I don't necessarily know what, but I think something is big. Cause I mean, we've seen it with with um with Star Wars, right? They did the big announcement of like all the different stuff. Uh, what was that? The presentation, like the big presentation. Yeah, the big the presentation, right? And it was almost like to keep people, like the Star Wars fans, excited about Star Wars. Why it's a lack of content out, you Just know? Keep everyone fed, basically. Yeah. Right, and so I think Marvel's gonna do something because think about it. When's the last time we had something big? Just like not stuff we already know that's coming, you know, not stuff that we're already excited about and like something big just revealed. We didn't have Comic-Con, you know what I mean? Like, well, I, don't, like I don't think I don't think your prediction is going to come true simply because um, when there was a Comic-Con or that Disney Expo presentation that happened that one time, I think I forgot what year it was. It might have been 20. Mm -hmm. Uh, 19 but 19 yeah, yeah so there I, was that presentation yeah. that happened where they they basically revealed all of phase four and phase five they talked they talked to you about miss marvel they talked about blade i like the only possibility that um you know that you know you're, well, you're about your prediction is the only thing that they, i can see them announcing is if they start talking about phase six and we're not even started we barely started phase four with one well see here's the thing i'm not necessarily thinking that they're gonna announce a movie but announce something big in their movie you know like in terms of cast or in terms of a trailer like something that's just gonna blow us away you see what i'm saying the like they announced like like for instance to give you an example right mm -hmm. they announced uh uh 
what's his name? Uh, Mahershal Ali as Blade, yeah. like a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. And we didn't hear anything. You know, we haven't seen nothing. Like, how would you know? How would you feel if they just out of nowhere dropped a Blade? Something, trailer, you know, um, trailer or something, right? You know what I'm saying? It'll blow. It'll it'll just only, take over the whole entire internet. You see what I'm saying? I'm gonna give you credit for this. That come come January of next year is if we see a trailer with the new Wolverine or the new Reed Richards. Right, That's and the and here's way. the thing, and, and and here's the thing. I'm glad you said that because what do we have right now that's that's setting up some more stuff in the universe? We have these television shows, right? We don't know what what if WandaVision, the end, of, the last episode of WandaVision, we get a trailer with WandaVision in black uh, or in um the uh, Doctor Strange uh, uh Trailer, like in the trailer, right? Mm-hmm. That'll blow people's minds. That would be the most creative thing I think Marvel's ever done, right? Or we have the Bucky and and uh, Falcon series, or we have you know the Loki show. What if that's setting up something in a movie, right, or something, and and they reveal it? I'm just saying something to keep the hype train going, right? We haven't had nothing to just other than stuff we already have or trailers we've already seen and stuff that's already been revealed. Like a long time ago, we haven't had nothing new in, in Marvel that just had people jumping up and down or excited, right? And we don't even have that much content, you know what I mean? We got, I mean, thank God we have WandaVision right now. You see what I mean? So, I, I, I that's just my prediction. They're they're gonna blow us. Uh, they're gonna blow our minds. You know, I think we're. You know, I think while no one's thinking about Marvel in terms of that, like in terms of something new and exciting, that's when they're gonna drop something, and it's like. Okay. All right. Well, we'll definitely be covering this week to week anyway. So whenever we talk about a Marvel story and when we do the news roundups, uh, I'll give you credit when it happens. But in the meantime, we'll uh, we'll see if this plays out. Um, my final prediction is actually regarding Disney Plus. So um, last uh, in December, I believe they announced that they, Disney Plus was like the highest, like the biggest growth for a streaming service. It had like 70 million subscribers. Uh, and I think right now it's at 80 million subscribers the last time I checked. But so my prediction is that Disney Plus will cement their place as second place behind Netflix. They are going to pass 150 million subscribers before the year is over. And right now, uh, last week, Netflix announced that they passed 200 million subscribers. So my prediction is that they're not they're going to be trying to vie for the crown. But Netflix is still going to be holding on to it. Maybe in 2022, Disney Plus will become the number one streaming service. But for now, I believe with the content that we have with WandaVision, with uh, um, Raya and the Last Dragon, the Winter Soldier, the Loki series, and all these other... Uh, oh, and the Mandalorian Season 2, presumably, maybe next year, hopefully. Or Season 3, excuse me. And the um, Book of Boba Fett yeah, is dropping of, this year, too, yeah, I believe. Yeah, the Book of Boba Fett, Boba Fett. Like, I believe with all these things, it's going to propel them and get them to keep their growth going, their their exponential, exponential growth going. But I think they're going to towards the end of the year they're going to top out around 150 million Disney's Disney's make a big deal out of it they're going to say they're going to shout out that number uh, but they're still going to be in second place uh, you know maybe in 2022 they're going to take that first place but for now growth is where is where my uh, prediction is at yeah that's a very very solid prediction you know like if you think about the stuff they got coming you know like you named a lot of them at like and i i believe the the star wars animated series the bad batch oh yeah is also is also coming and uh yeah like the book of boba fett and Maybe you know Black all the, the lokis well. yeah yeah and uh so yeah they got they got so much 
content coming you know actually content coming this year and uh it's disney you know what i mean so i i, I can't argue with that prediction at all what if i'm wrong and what if they're gonna be like we have 230 million uh subscribers by december and they're like you know got netflix under their boot I mean, if that was the case, then you'll just be wrong, and it was a bad <laughs> prediction. But uh, based off right now, I, and based off the 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 pace that they're going, I think you're right. You know, the pace that they're going. I mean, I I, I feel like they, I Disney Plus is still new to me. Like Disney Plus is still a new streaming service, right? It's not like they've done it for four years, five years, and all that stuff, and they've already. Doing just these started type in 2019, of, I believe. Yeah, 2019, and they're already doing these type of numbers. Like <laughs> it took Netflix years to do these type of numbers. Now again, it's, they didn't get to start off like Disney with all these bangers and all this content from the past. But, but uh, they, but uh, you know, like still, it's 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 super impressive. You know, yeah. so I I think I personally think you know you're onto something there. If I had a six, if I had a six prediction, I would predict that Disney Plus is going up in price. <laughs> it's gonna piss people off. All right, uh, let's go ahead and uh, move on uh, to uh, Netflix and chill. So we got a lot going on here for Netflix and chill. I actually introduced a second chart here. So we got the top ten for um, Netflix here. Number one is Below Zero, uh, which is actually a Spanish languaged movie. It's a subtitle. Below movie. Zero. Yeah, Below Zero. It's crazy. I saw the trailer for it when I was looking at this list. I actually want to watch this movie now because of uh, how crazy it looks. It's in Spanish. There's a security guard, and he's they're doing a transport, and now somebody's just trying to like get these prisoners to escape or something like that. It's crazy. It's like a thriller. Um, it's, it's kind of sort of eating the little things as lunch. Uh, so the, the second one on the list is Finding Ohana, which is some movie set in Hawaii. Um, Number three is The Dig. Number four is Bridgerton. Number five is Faint, Fate, The Winx Saga. Uh, the number six is the next, three, the next Three Days, which is starring Gerard Butler and Elizabeth Banks and even has a cameo scene with Liam Neeson in there. Uh, number seven is Go Dog Go. Number eight is The Vanished. Number nine is the Jason Statham movie Homefront. And number 10 is Jenny Rivera, Mariposa de Barrio, La Serie, uh, which is a uh, Spanish... Uh, uh, drama series thing that was going on kind of like it's kind of like selena like the like the jennifer lopez uh selena movie kind of reminds me of that oh yeah but yeah yeah i believe there's a selena series too or not but yeah but yeah so this is a quite a very uh, netflix is very like their their people's taste is very eclectic uh there's like there's like two spanish speaking things and then there's like a there's like there's a kids thing and then there's an old movie from from years past there's a british series there's a there's a nickelodeon like adaptation thing going on here there's there's oh, just wow. there's a huge gamut of things happening here with this uh with this top 10 list oh wow uh, anything that did you know are you familiar with any of these things actually I just let's Let's go with that. No, no, not at all. But like you have me actually interested in checking some of these out. You know, I haven't been on Netflix a lot lately, but this the stuff you've you've just mentioned is very interesting. And it's the I love the the variety, you know, the diversity in, in a lot of this stuff that you named. It's, it's it's one of the things that make Netflix amazing, right? Because I don't think you could have did this with Disney Plus. If we did <laughs> Disney Plus and chill, and there's no diss to Disney Plus. I know we just got done talking about Disney Plus, but like something like Disney Plus and chill, if we were to do that, you can't give me this large different, like it's going to be a bunch of stuff in the same 
genre, same genre way. type of right because it's, it's all appealing cutter, yeah. to one. Yeah. Uh, di- uh, di- it's all like for one type of person, or I guess, or well, whatever yeah. they think is. So that it's pretty neat that you know you can have this type of stuff going, like this many different options. Yeah, I'm gonna check out Below Zero, by the way. Uh, so I'm I'll probably give my thoughts next week. Uh, the top ten on iTunes. So because you know I didn't want to focus too much on Netflix here. Obviously, the name of the segment is Netflix and Chill, but I kind of want to like talk about like you know some big movies that are like you know people are paying for when they uh, when they pay to rent or pay to, to to buy or whatever. So number one on the iTunes chart is Tenet, uh, the Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, number two is Greenland. Number three is The Big Short, which is probably like in light of like the whole um, GameStop AMC stories that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four is Synchronic, which is a uh, um, um, an Anthony Mackie joint. Uh, so Anthony Mackie has a, you know, had a movie came out on Netflix uh, outside the wire. So he's definitely relevant right now. Uh, also, regarding the GameStop AMC stories, number five is The Wolf of Wall Street uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, number six is Exodus, Gods and Kings. Number seven is The War with Grandpa with Robert De Niro. Number eight is The uh, American Skin. Number nine is Antebellum because it was the 99 cent rental, rental of the week. And number 10 is uh, another Liam Neeson joint, uh, Honest Thief. So what do you think of this, uh, of this set of, uh, of movies here? I mean, it's funny with with the stuff that's going on with you know GameStop and and uh, all the you know all the, the fuckery that's going on. It's funny how the Big Short and Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> is on that list. <laughs> I like how like, like it's like the collective consciousness of people are like it just sort of makes them. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's either a big coincidence or somehow that has something to do with each other. You know who knows? But yeah, yeah. both great movies. The the Big Short, you know, is is a true masterpiece. I love that movie. One of my favorite movies that came out that year, and The Wolf of Wall Street is one of my all-time favorites. So, you know, yeah, so uh, those two will stand out to me. I almost got an antebellum. Um, it's an, it was only for ninety nine cents, and I was like, oh man, I can just totally just you know, it's only a dollar, you know. Uh, so I, I only want to watch it because uh, it was the same producer as Get Out. I actually thought, I honestly thought it was uh, directed by Jordan Peele, but it yeah, turns out it wasn't. But it's not. Yeah, but because they were like you know from the producers of Get Out, and I forgot the other movie See, they said. See, that's how but. they always get you. <laughs> they always say produced by. Listen, I don't care from about the people the, that like, brought the, you. Like, yeah. From yeah, like, I mean, don't you. get me wrong, I know producing is important, but, like, if it's not directed, if you don't say directed by so-and-so-and-so, that does, you know, I'm not excited about for the same people that produced so-and-so. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm sure that doesn't matter, like, you know, in terms of the quality. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, just saying, like, that was, like, uh, when they put on the trailer from the people that brought you Get Out or whatever, I was thinking to myself, oh, is it jo- another Jordan Peele joint? Because, like, he yep. had Us, Us that just came out at the time when the trailer was, like, oh, it's Janelle Monet and all this stuff. Yeah, you done let them get you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So, my recommendation here, along with what we do in Netflix and shows, we just like to recommend one random thing that you can watch on a streaming service on anything. So, my recommendation for the week is actually an anime. Uh, it's called Cautious Hero. Colon, mm. the hero is overpowered but overcautious. Uh, so this uh, this uh, this anime is only twelve episodes long. It's on Hulu. Um, they're all t- there's twenty four episodes, but there's really just twelve. Uh, twelve is subtitled, and then the other twelve is dubbed. So you have your choice of if a sub versus dub, which is very mm. great. I think choice is always gonna be better. Um, I personally watched it um, uh, dubbed. Or, yeah, even though it's probably the inferior way to enjoy an anime, but I was too lazy to read, so I just watched it dubbed, and I really liked the show. It was really funny. It definitely, um, um, 
you have to like know a lot of tropes and a lot of cliches because the the, the show parodies those cliches. And for me, the show works. So I recommend to you guys check that out. Troy, you got a recommendation? Yeah. So, uh, and that's a good one, by the way. Good recommendation. Um, the one I'm going to go with is a Michael Keaton movie called The Founder. It's a Netflix original. And uh, it's about the how McDonald's came to be, I guess, or how the guy that made McDonald's scam scammed them to make the, the to do it. It's it's a great it's a phenomenal movie. Like it it really teaches you a lot about McDonald's, which is weird, but um it, it's just a very well acted movie and Netflix did the movie and it, it's crazy because I think that movie got overlooked because it came out on Netflix. <laughs> because I think that was before Netflix kinda made their uh uh name for themselves in terms of having Oscar type of uh, quality movie so mm. I think since it was you know made by Netflix a lot of people just overlooked it but go check out the founder it's it's you know you got to put that right there with Michael Keaton's best movies and uh, it's it's very interesting too it's very interesting interesting all right that's a good pick I, I never I I think I've heard of it but I, I my Netflix queue is just so large as well all right yeah let's go ahead and get on to our last segment uh, the new releases of the week Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Yeah, so there's two new releases here. Uh, Actually, one of them is actually a new release from last week. I didn't actually, it wasn't on my radar until now. Uh, So we're going to be reading the blurb on that right right now this week. Uh, I may or may not decide to watch it. I haven't, I haven't like made up my mind as to whether or not I can't, I I want to watch it. I do have an Apple TV subscription. Uh, This, this movie debuted on Apple TV uh, this past Friday. So let's go ahead and read the blurb out here. It's, the movie is called Palmer and it's starring Justin Timberlake and, uh, also, writer writer Allen, Alicia Wainwright, and Juno Temple. But really, the big headline is it's Justin Timberlake, you know. Uh, so it's the the synopsis reads: After 12 years in prison, former high school football star Eddie Palmer returns home to put his life back together and forms an unlikely bond with Sam, an outcast boy from a troubled home. But Eddie's past threatens to ruin his new life and family. So um, yeah, I saw I saw them I saw the trailer. I, I wasn't like 100% sold on this trailer. Have you seen the trailer, by the way? No, I didn't. I didn't see the trailer, but I heard it had Justin Timberlake in it. Yeah. So okay. So <laughs> I saw the trailer, and this. I don't know. This. This. The subject matter. I'm not going to get into it. I really. That's like a. That's a whole political can of worms that I don't want to get into right now. And plus, I don't want to say something out of line, and then people are like, you know, Twitter mob me or whatever. Yeah, we get canceled. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get canceled. But I. I do want to say that just in general, like what I got from the trailer, I felt like it was very pandering. Um, and I don't think, I don't know, like there's a, there's a whole, people like to say, oh yeah, make representation on that stuff. But like, I don't know, like it just felt very pandery to me and I don't, uh, this doesn't really click with me. I may check it out. I may watch it. I mean, I have Apple TV, so it didn't cost me anything to have Apple TV because I got it for a year for free. So, um, because of their promotion that Apple did. So I might watch it, but one, one thing that I might actually watch, and this is also debuting this coming Friday, um, is Malcolm Emery. And it's debuting this Friday on Netflix. You know, Netflix is going to be basically putting out a movie a week here. Uh, this is starring Zendaya and John David Washington. And uh, this movie is, is uh, you know, 
It, the, one of the big marketing stories that they talk about is how they filmed this movie during the pandemic. They wrote and you know um, wrote and and uh, starred and filmed this movie all in a, in two months or whatever in like a couple of weeks. And oh, wow. they were in seclusion. Zendaya and John David Washington were in a house together, um, and they did it all like you know very very like low key, very small crew, and you know they were you know guerrilla style shooting this movie. Uh, because, you know, they couldn't make a big movie. So because of the lockdowns were happening, they were able to just finagle their way into making a, a movie, this very, like, uh, tight-knit movie. Um, it's called Malcolm and Marie, and the, this is a synopsis. This is not the official synopsis. This is a synopsis that I found that was written by a fan on IMDb. I like the synopsis better than the other ones that I did read because the other ones that I did read uh, from Netflix was too short. And so I wanted to give it better, a better explanation. Here he goes. A filmmaker returns home with his girlfriend following a, ce a celebratory movie premiere as he awaits uh, what's sure to be imminent critical and financial success. The evening suddenly turns, uh, the evening suddenly takes a turn as revelations about the relationships begins to surface, testing the strength of their, of their love. So yeah, that's, uh, that's that movies. Uh, definitely. Um, those are the two big headliners this week. And uh, yeah, do you uh, do you do you have a pick of the week? I guess between these two, man, the 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 Denzel Washington, I mean the John, John David, David Washington <laughs> movie. Uh, I'm still calling him Denzel Washington. He looks but, like Denzel. Yeah, and the Zadea movie. I, I listen that that sounds interesting as hell, man. Because those are two quality actors. Like for this movie to have got them, and they like hurried up and wrote it and cast it, and and then that's who they get. Like <laughs> man, like it, it very it it's a good marketing idea to to talk about that because that makes me just interested in seeing like what they was able to put together in this little. Um, amount of time and i'm actually surprised that this wasn't even on your radar this was a huge news story about how like oh we're gonna do something experimental you know we're at a house where the whole film takes place in the, the course of one night in a house by the way so that's how yeah, they were I able mean, to get and, away with and movies like that I, I'm, I'm very intrigued with movies like that they they're, they kind of have to rely on on like tension and they have to rely on good stories and and stuff like good that acting. because they don't have a lot to work with right yeah. so uh, a lot of these movies be really good, and I'm just and like to pull a movie, getting a movie produced and made in the pandemic. Damn, like that. That's pretty impressive. So <laughs> I'm definitely gonna check that out, man. I like those two actors as well. Well, you'll see it on Netflix this Friday. So there you go. All, All right. right. Let's go ahead and end it there. It's time to end. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Play Movies. Remember, you can reach the podcast by email at readyplaymovies at gmail.com or simply at readyplaymovies on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Chocolaka88 and Troy. Uh, Bracy Troy 58 Don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about the show, and all that good stuff. See you next time. Thank you.